Welcome in to a very, very special edition of the MI6 Sports Network. It is our MI6 one-year anniversary special show here tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah Leog joining you from the Bay Area. I got my guys Trevor Williams and John Alcorn joining me tonight. Fellas, how's it going? How's your Saturday been? It's going great, Isaiah. It's been a fantastic day, but you know, March Madness is underway. Brackets have been busted. I believe there's only about 15 brackets that are still perfect up to this point in time, but you know, things are probably going to get worse as time progresses. Yeah, Trevor. I mean, Ohio State, you know, your team, my team that I, I don't like the most. Uh, it's I not your team. I was very thrilled yesterday that Ohio State uh, lost to Oral Roberts. I'm sure you were feeling the exact opposite of what I was feeling yesterday. But even though I don't like Ohio State and I root for them to lose every single game, you know, I did have picked them to go to the second round and take on Florida where they would get trounced by Florida and lose to Florida before and Florida would advance to the Sweet 16. So my bracket, thanks to the Ohio State Buckeyes, are now broken because of that. But definitely for sure, Trevor, you know, it's been a great NCAA tournament. There's been a lot of upsets. Like today we had Ohio beating Virginia and taking down Virginia in the first round. I mean, who would have ever seen that coming? And you know, Trevor, the one constant, though, is that my Michigan Wolverines, the team that okay. I'm playing, is unequivocally the best it's team not your in team. college basketball. They okay. move on by trouncing Texas Southern. So Michigan advances. But John Alcorn, uh, you know, you had a great interview today with Stephen Gillespie um, joining us today from Texas. John, how's your uh, Saturday night going, my friend. Started off great with Stephen Gillespie. And he's uh, it was definitely a fun interview. I had no idea it was gonna be that long, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I can say I'm a little bit frustrated. John Elway, you know who I'm talking about here with the release of Philip Lindsay going to the Houston Texans with Mark Ingram. I mean, even Trevor knows in Madden, there's some moves that do not go well together, despite who the quarterback is. And Trevor knows what I'm talking about. Doing well, doing great. The interview was a lot of fun. But mind you, folks, there's a I uh, anyone Dina on April 3rd will be joining the show, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. 
Definitely, for sure. Uh, we're definitely going to make sure to check that out. But ladies and gentlemen, like I said in the introduction, this is our MI6 Sports Network's one-year special. Uh, it is a multi-hour event. Uh, it's going to probably go from 8 p.m. Pacific to about 10 or 10.30, depending on how uh, or if or when we finish the topics that we have for tonight. But we got a lot of topics, a lot of sports talk, um, a lot of, you know, reflection about the one year of mi6 so it's gonna be a lot of fun make sure you guys share this program everywhere if you're watching on facebook share it to every facebook group you're in uh, every facebook group chat you're part of uh i you know just share it everywhere we want to get more exposure and more people watching this video um, also before we get into our first topic for tonight just want to remind y'all uh, to go check out, if you haven't yet, to go check out our MI6 Sports Network Facebook page, link down below right there. Also, our MI6 Sports Network website, link down below there as well. And, oh, there it is, our MI6 Sports Network YouTube channel right there. We have uh, some new clips that we are clipping from each program and we're putting it up there. You guys will definitely enjoy it. But, fellas... On to the sports talk and moving on, moving into our first topic of the night. Some very shocking, breaking news that we had today out of today's Lakers game. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, LeBron James, Lakers superstar, reportedly suffered a high ankle sprain in today's Lakers-Hawks game. Uh, LeBron, uh, you know, was trying to get a loose ball, uh, twisted his ankle, and went down in a heap and was in a lot of pain and went to the locker room right afterwards, and he did not return. Uh, we have the clip right here. We'll show it to you, but, you know, viewer discre discretion uh, you might want to look away at some of these parts. In the painted area. Played just amazing basketball in the bubble during the playoffs. One of the key components to the Lakers winning a title. LeBron, ooh, down he goes and he grabs his ankle. LeBron with his right ankle and he's hurting. Looks like he got it rolled up on or something because there was a, like a double team there. And when he went down to the floor to try to get the loose uh, semi-loose ball that's when he got the ankle injury and you can see how he's writhing in discomfort here so we'll take a timeout and see the extent of it when we come back rolled up on and it's uh, you know not your atypical type of sprain because it's like an inversion where normally sprain you turn it the other way he turned it in those are really can be really painful i'm very curious to see how he responds after he's and uh, he's trying to stay on the floor right now and he's going to shoot from the corner got it he stays in the game and he drills a three undecided he can't go i think he called the timeout himself there's another look at him making that three-pointer you see he landed on one foot you see he's knocking, he's walking through the locker room, not very happy right now as he's in some real discomfort with that ankle. Yeah, knocked over that chair as he uh, went by it, so furious that he has to leave the game and injured LeBron. Well, just what the Lakers need, an injury, but they don't need an injury to that guy. We'll find out more when we come back. 
Yeah, like you guys saw in that clip, uh, LeBron James um, hurts his ankle. Uh, he stays in for one more play, knocks down that three. But as you guys saw in the clip, uh, when he was knocking down that three, he only landed on one foot, and then he leaves the game in the middle uh, with that injury. Uh, John Alcord, I'm going to start with you on this. You know, LeBron James out indefinitely with a high ankle sprain. There's some reports are saying that he can miss uh, uh, from three weeks to about two months, which would be the worst case scenario for him and for the Lakers. What is your reaction to the LeBron James injury? And do you believe now with LeBron out and also with Anthony Davis out, do you believe the Los Angeles Lakers are screwed? Folks, we don't need to get rid of the soap operas, get rid of the Hallmark movies, get rid of all the drama. This is a franchise-defined decision because the thing is a lot of times when we've seen teens or players have setbacks, they start thinking with their emotions. You can think about the emotions when you play Madden with a bad 45 overall quarterback or in a franchise where – you when this moment forward is going to determine whether you get to the finals or not. Emotions are great when it comes to passion, but emotions aren't great in a franchise with a team when it comes to this type of severity. This injury, like, is, uh, is not as bad that from what I see than as it looks. Because if he's able to walk off, then that tells me he's not going to be out. But do get your emotions here. Take your emotions out of it. Instead of freaking out, oh, let's go get this guy. Let's go get another guy in that got bought out by his team. Let's go get another. Let's go get another. Think with your emotions. Calm down and check. It's better than, let's say it's only two to three weeks. Take an extra week to make sure LeBron is fully healthy, folks. Don't get too much a healthy LeBron. I mean, AD is going to be healthy. LeBron's going to come back since it is not as serious as it was. And it could have been a lot worse. LeBron's going to be healthy for the playoffs. AD is going to be healthy for the playoffs. And I think people need to, for anybody in the franchise, calm down, take a breath, drink a cup of coffee or one of these energy drinks, calm down, absorb it, and see what happens and what you need to do. It's this is a difference between a child and a man or a child and an adult. When something crazy happens, instead of getting you know, your emotions like a Hallmark or when she gets uh, proposed to in a Hallmark movie, take your emotions out of it. And think, what do we need to do? Take your emotions out. Sad, oh my gosh, we're screwed. No, you're not. Don't think in the moment. Think the next two to five weeks. Take your emotions out of it. The Lakers will be fine. But this just shows you, this will expose fake or real Los Angeles Laker fans. And also, Dodgers are not going to win the World Series this year. <laughs> you just really had to throw that in there, man. <laughs> But going to Trevor, uh, Trevor, you saw that injury to LeBron James. Um, it did not look good initially, but the good sign was that he was able to walk it off. Uh, and after the game, LeBron was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. Those injuries can be very tricky. You look at what Jimmy Garoppolo suffered with the 49ers, high ankle sprain. Uh, he came back two weeks, wasn't the, uh, wasn't the same, you know, couldn't really plant his back foot. And then, you know, had to miss the next or miss the rest of the season right afterwards. I know football and basketball aren't the same, but still, it's a high ankle sprain. And both sports involve planting your ankle when you're when you're landing. So, Trevor, I'm going to ask you the same question that I posed to John. 
Uh, what was your reaction to the LeBron James injury? And do you believe now the Lakers are screwed? Like looking at the um, injury, I think LeBron James will be fine. I think it's going to be more on the short end. He's probably going to miss six weeks because it doesn't make sense. Why rush him back? You're already in good playoffs contention. You're just battling for seating. So that's really all they really have to do. I'd rather get, you know, all the players back. Everyone's healthy. And then as soon as I saw that injury, um, John, the first thing I popped into would be like Space Jam 2. LeBron James is going to lose now because he's not going to be fully healthy. Looney Tunes are going to lose, and it's going to be a wrap because they couldn't win it. LeBron just couldn't carry them through. So I'm like saying, all right, so, you know, the AI is going to beat the Looney Tunes. LeBron James loses. It's a wrap, and we have Space Jam 3 on the way in the makings. But in general, I think the Lakers are going to be all right. Just make sure everyone gets back healthy for the playoffs. But if it's down towards, like, the long term and it just – isn't the same LeBron that we see, then the Lakers are definitely going to have one of the toughest roads through the playoffs just being health-wise. Because if he didn't roll his ankle, it would be all right. LeBron James could carry through a team. But if he's not 100% by playoff time, you're fighting an, like an uphill battle that you don't want to be facing. Yeah, definitely for sure, Trevor. Um, fellas, I got I to gotta disagree with y'all. The Lakers are screwed. The Lakers are absolutely screwed. And when I say that, I don't mean they're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs for sure. There's no way that a LeBron James, Anthony Davis team uh, that is right now sitting in third place in the Western Conference at 28 and 14 are going to miss the playoffs. The Lakers are screwed when it comes to playoff seeding. That's why the Lakers are screwed. When you look at the Western Conference standings right now, the Lakers are sitting in third place in the West. They are 28 and 14. They are um, currently behind the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz in the West and only two games ahead of the Clippers, two games ahead or no, one or two and a half games ahead of the Nuggets, two and a half games ahead of the Trailblazers, and just about three, four games ahead of the San Antonio Spurs for the seventh seed in the Western Conference. With LeBron James now out, Anthony Davis already being out, Dennis Schroeder, he had an ankle injury in that game too, but he seemed okay after the game was over. I just don't trust any of the Lakers players besides maybe Dennis Schroeder and maybe Montrez Hill. I don't trust Marcus Saw. I don't trust, uh, you know, Kuzma. I mean, Kuzma's been playing all right this season, but he's inconsistent. KCP's inconsistent. Wesley Matthews has been an absolute joke of a signing. I mean, me and Trevor, I think, could make more threes than Wesley Matthews currently has hit for the Los Angeles Lakers. That's how pathetic that he is right now. Um, and, you know, the other guys, Caruso, he's not – really much of an offensive player. He's known for his defense. Kalen Horton Tucker, uh, I like what I've seen from him, but uh, he's still a young kid. I need to see more from him. And Markeith Morris, also another very inconsistent player. So all these guys that are out there right now, they have not shown that they can play good basketball without LeBron and AD on the team. And if LeBron has to, you know, let's say LeBron comes back, 
maybe final three weeks of the season, right? And AD comes back final three weeks of the season as well. Who knows at that time where the Lakers will be in terms of the Western Conference seating? I do not want the Lakers to, let's say, like they could easily drop down to a sixth seed or a seventh seed and, you know, have to face a team like uh, the Phoenix Suns, who are dangerous, the Utah Jazz, you know, or even the Clippers in the first round. You don't want to battle any of those three teams in the first round. And if those players that I mentioned earlier, they don't step it up, the Lakers will absolutely be facing one of those three teams in the first round. And they will have to use a ton of energy and like the energy that they need for later rounds if they even make it that far in the playoffs. So, yes, absolutely the Lakers are screwed. Let me make this very abundantly clear. I think they're saying it could be the worst case is two months because they want to take their time to bring LeBron back. Who cares about the seeding? Do you want to care? Look, look at 2018 or 2017. It doesn't matter the seeding. It doesn't matter if you get a first round, whatever it is in the NBA. If you have a healthy LeBron, at least a 60, 70 plus percent AD, then you're good to go. It doesn't matter if you're the eighth, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one show i mean really it doesn't matter if you're sixth or seventh i think they will be just fine the key is do not be like the warriors do not be like other past franchises where you think with your emotions and let's bring them back because we're freaking out we're, we're gonna be who cares if they're the eighth seed they're making the playoffs that's all that matters because it gives lebron and ad more time to come back more time to get healthy more time to get chemistry off the court which are translated on the court the Lakers will be fine. The seeding does not determine if you get to the finals. The seeding in the NFL does not determine if you make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, you look at the Packers, the Tennessee Titans back with the Rams. We look at some of the teams in the NFL and NBA. Seeding doesn't matter. It's how you form on the field despite the setbacks and do not let your emotions get in the way. Lakers will be just fine. Just take, yeah. take your time more than you would. I'm not saying overreact, but take your time. Everything. Give him if it's if he's healthy in two, three weeks, give him an extra week. Let him be healthy. Take some time off when he's healthy, because they're arguably making the playoffs. Get A D, you're good to go. It doesn't matter. Look go back to the Cavs real quick. You were some of these they barely had fifty wins. Teams in the East or West had more wins and they had a lower or higher seed. In the end, did it matter? Did the Raptors for a couple years had the one number one seed in the East? And it clearly did not matter because they got demolished by LeBron. Lakers, take your time with LeBron. Take your time with AD. I think it will work out. It's just like a Cinderella story. Like you see, you see in the Cinderella stories with LeBron. You see with Tom Brady, who's more than just a ball boy. And you've seen it time and time again. They will be just fine. Just take. I can't stress this enough. Just like you do with a podcast. Take your time. But, John, I got to respond to you on this one point. You mentioned the 2018 Cavs. Yes, they had LeBron James. And, yes, they had a team that wasn't really Injury riddled. around LeBron James. You got to admit, they weren't that stacked around LeBron James. But this is the Western Conference we're talking about. What is this, this Western Conference is much more loaded than the Dude, East. What that team? LeBron what team? First of all, no. look at the no. East. What team? No, no. There's not even three teams that can challenge them in the West. Think about it. A lot of these teams in the West are regular season teams. You have the Jazz. You have the Nuggets, who are basically the Vikings of the NBA, where they they show off in the regular season. You talk about 
empty calorie stats, like this empty can right here. And then when it comes to the playoffs, they do nothing. It doesn't matter if you have 60 and 22 or 60 and 12 this year, 70 and 12, whatever. Those two teams alone in the West hardly ever show up in the playoffs these past couple of years. Have they won a championship with Gobert? Have they, have they gone that far deep in the playoffs? No, I don't trust this team. I don't trust Mitchell. I don't trust Jokic. You can talk about, oh, my gosh. The, there are two teams in the West, maybe. But those two teams are regular season teams. If you look at the Nets, Harden, something is going to happen. You don't let your coach be the coach. It's going to blow up. So there's already three teams that you know cannot be trusted well, in the playoffs. No, I, I don't fear the Jazz. I don't fear oh, the Jazz. There he goes. I'm he doesn't up. fear the Jazz. Oh, no. So, you don't, is this, no way. Is, that, is that just how you, like, you don't feel Patrick Mahomes? I No, I'm saying I do not want the Clippers in the first round. No way. Because right now with how – Bad. The Lakers are playing on the perimeter. Have you seen what they're doing? Buddy Heel dropped 40 on the Lakers. Buddy Heel, this guy that was, you know, right your emotions, buddy. That's the problem. He dropped 40 for the Lakers. And if the Lakers have to match up with Kawhi and Paul George, even though I know a lot of people are going to crap on the Clippers, I think Kawhi and Paul George are going to give the Lakers problems, even with a, you know, LeBron, let's say. At that point, he comes back. What? I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. I really don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. Sixty, seventy plus percent. That's really all they need for them to make a deep run in the playoffs and get to back to the finals. Uh, I, I just don't want to see the Clippers in the first round. No, I no. You got all these guys right now: Kuzma, uh, Tht, Trez, Schroeder, uh, Caruso, um, Wesley Matthews, KCP. Y'all got to step up because if we have to face the pl- Clippers in the first round, we are absolutely screwed. But going into our comment section, we had a lot of comments that were dropped while we were having this heated debate. I mean, what a way to start off our yeah, MIC special then with a screaming match on the, uh, the program for tonight. But James Gonzalez says, congrats, y'all. Uh, Casey King says, good evening, guys, and happy one year, guys. Also, uh, Casey says, yesterday was rough in my bracket, but I did a lot better today, and my final four teams are still in it. Hey, that's great, Casey. Uh, awesome job. Uh, Chardot says, hi, Isaiah. What's going on, Chardot? Hope you have, hope you are having a fine night. Uh, James Gonzalez says, I saw LeBron walking off fine, so it could have been worse. Yes, it definitely could have been worse um, when he first suffered that injury and he went down like that. I immediately thought LeBron broke his ankle. Like, I really thought LeBron broke his ankle, but thankfully that uh, a high ankle sprain is all it is. Um, Casey King says, it doesn't look good. Uh, Chardot says, I wish him a speedy, fast recovery, and I hope his ankle heals, and we don't we don't know when he will return back to the court. And James Gonzalez, with his comment, he says, I think the Lakers will be fine. Injury happens now and not later near the playoffs. Um, let's see. Callan tunes in tonight. Uh, you know, Callan unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight. But, you know, he's here watching our show tonight. He says, hey, Leon, you're being watched. Thank you so much, Callan, for taking the time to watch our show tonight. Uh, also, Callan says, I don't want to be watched. So, <laughs> Callan says, Hey, Alcord, hope you're ready for our next big project with the I am announcement. An- announcement is coming is. soon. We won't, we won't say what it is. But I will say, Are you ready? But it is going to be a lot of fun. 
but what's up, Mr. Wang? Yeah, Stephen Wang has joined us tonight on our one-year special, one of the founders of the MI6 Sports Network. What's going on, Stephen? And how about Oral Roberts, man? Hey, guys. So, producer Wayne joining the show. How long have you guys been underway, by the way? And did you guys start off by talking about Oral Roberts? No, no we actually started off by talking about the LeBron injury. This is our first uh, topic of the show. All right. Well, first of all, I got to say, man, um, sorry for being a little bit late to the show. I was a little too busy um, out there on the courts today playing like a five foot nine inch big baby Davis. I mean, I was grabbing boards. I was hustling, played some great defense, man. I was just dominating in the post, man. It just felt like it was a bunch of Isaiah's guarding me down there, getting a bunch of putbacks and everything. I found my role, you know, in pickup basketball. I'm just the bruiser, man. I'm like that. Five foot nine inch, big baby Davis, Tristan Thompson. Maybe I got a little bit of that Dennis Rodman game in me, man. But uh, definitely just dominating the boards, putting the ball back up, showing the Lakers and Clippers the kind of tenacity you need to win uh, big basketball games. And Ohio State, too, man. Shame on the Buckeyes. All I got to say about that, Trevor and Isaiah, is stick to football, Ohio State. I mean, I had hope for them to reach the Final Four. I thought that they were at least an elite 18, but does it shock me that, you know, they got upset? Nah, not really. Ohio State is not Duke when it comes to basketball. They're more of the Duke basketball of football, where they're always contending and then somehow, some way, finding a way to blow it, either in the finals or in some kind of random regular season game. And they're just always in the championship picture, but they always find a way to be heartbroken at the end. But when it comes to basketball, we're not Duke. And frankly, man, a couple of Duke fans hollered at me about the Ohio State Oral Roberts loss. And you know what, Trevor? I still think it's not as bad as what Duke fans have had to endure since 2015. Because, like, yeah, you lost to a 15 seed, right? But that's one season. Duke, literally, they are in the championship race. They're, like, one of the top three teams in the country every single year except for this year um, with COVID and everything, and they find a way to blow it. That's that's a lot worse than blowing it one year. So that's all I got to say about it. I mean, at least we don't have that much false hope when it comes to basketball. Um, now, when it comes to the Lakers, I wholeheartedly got to agree with John here. I mean, nobody gives a rat's you-know-what about the regular season. And I know it's the Western Conference, but last I checked, James Harden – isn't in the Western Conference anymore. Kevin Durant's not in the Western Conference anymore. Oh, yeah, and those 73-9 and nine Warriors? Sorry, Andrew Bogut, not on the team. Iguodala, not on the team. Kevin Durant, not on the team. Klay Thompson, not on the team. All of those great teams that we saw in the West so many years and decades ago, they're not in the West right now. This is probably the weakest Western Conference I have seen since... Uh, Frankly, since Shaq and Kobe ran through the Western Conference back in the early 2000s, this is not the same West that generated the greats like the Boris Diaw, Tony Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, Splitter team. This is not the 2014 Spurs Western Conference. This is nowhere near the 73-9 and Warriors or the KD Warriors Western Conference. There is not a single team in this West Con Western Conference where I'm like, oh, I am scared to death to face them in the playoffs Oh my God, I can't beat them. There's not a single team like that. What's going to happen is the Lakers are going to sneak in with a fourth or fifth seed. They're going to waltz into the playoffs. 
oh, everything, the sky is falling, and then LeBron's going to come into the playoffs and beat the crap out of the Suns 4-1. to one. Then he's going to lollygag with the Clippers. Oop, overtime wins, beat them 4-2. to two. And then he's going to beat the crap out of the Nuggets or Jazz in the conference finals. We all know how this movie is going to play. This Lakers team is going to pull a 1995 Houston Rockets in which they will be a lower seed and they will run the freaking table. You just cannot lose with that kind of talent in the NBA. Dennis Schroeder, um, Montrez Harrell, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. This is a team that has physicality. They have three-point shooting, and they frankly have just a lot more consistent talent than guys like Paul George in the playoffs. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like We're just literally looking at a souped-up Eastern Conference at this point. It's PG zero. It's not PG thirteen because he doesn't show up in the past. Ask Carmelo. Well, I'll give him thirteen points. PG thirteen points. There you go. <laughs> That's his rating in the playoffs. Or so hold I'm, on, no, John. I got a better name. PG thirteen percent from the field. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. I love that one, man. But let's calm down. But whoever said the Suns, this is the Suns. So don't even. This is like the same team. You're, oh my gosh, Michigan is back. They're going to beat the Ohio State in football. Don't give me but, a hey, bunch of I just that got a couple thing. of questions hey, to ask you guys. So. Isaiah, why don't you stop watching Elmo and start watching more film for, for, for football next year? Let me just ask you guys a couple questions. Are the 2014 Spurs in this Western Conference? Negative. They are. are the, are, hey, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm asking more questions. I'm asking more questions. Are the, are the 73 and 9 Warriors or the. OKC Thunder with Durant, Westbrook, James Harden in this Western Conference? I wish, but no. <laughs> Are the KD Warriors in this Western Conference? No, this is a weak <laughs> Western Conference that LeBron will run through when he comes back. The question really is, is like, how far will the Lakers go down? And it will be like, if they reach like a sixth seed and win the title. It's like, six seeds don't win titles. Yeah, but that's really what the 95 order. Rockets did. No, you know, like, never even, count out the heart of a champion. Never I'm not count saying, on the heart of a champion. I'm not saying the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs. I just don't want them to end up with the road in the Western Conference where you got to go through first round, you got to go Clippers, second round, you got to go um, Jazz, and then, you know, Eastern, I mean, not what Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals, you got to go Phoenix Suns, and then you got to go Bucks. You normally in the first round, I'm pretty you sure said all the Bucks are going there. to the finals. What? You guys agree with me on this. When you guys, like in the first round, you typically want an easy opponent in the first round to play so that you don't have to use a lot of energy. I don't want to go through Clippers, Jazz, and Suns and then have to either go through the Bucks or the Nets. Or it Philly. don't matter, Isaiah. All of those teams, you know what they have in common? They are not the 2014 Spurs. They are not the KD Warriors. And they are certainly regular season teams. Like the only team that can really challenge the Lakers is the Nets if they're fully healthy and can work together. Those are like that is literally the only team that would make LeBron Trevor, go the to Nets a game are seven. The souped up 2012 Thunder. I'm telling you. There's, no, I said if they if they get healthy and can play together, then it's going to be the toughest challenge. That yeah, LeBron that's a lot of ifs though. But in my opinion, man, the Thunder is just the 20 or the Nets. See, I messed it up right there because they're so similar. They don't. The 2012 Thunder are literally the 20. 21 Nets are literally the 2012 Thunder rehashed. 
But let, let's agree to disagree on this and move on to our NFL uh, free agency se- segment on this, our NFL free agency segment. And our first topic of NFL free agency, you know, we – yeah, go ahead, John. I was gonna, no, I was, was going to do the hosting the part of the NFL one. Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. All right, so, folks, the Patriots are called – what they're called making money moves. I tried to tell people back in October, November. I told a couple of league sources that Patriots are going to make moves. They have the cap. They finally trust in Bill Belichick. Now, how it happens or how that translates to wins and losses, who knows in the 2021 season. But Patriots are making money moves. Hunter Henry, a three-year deal. Kyle Vanoy. You bring him back under for another one to two years after being released after traded released traded from the Miami Dolphins after one year. Don't know what happened there, but and Cal Benoit. But I'll start with you, Trevor. You watch football for a very long time. Mm-hmm. This is the first season, I believe, that Bill Belichick is going to be able to style the offense that he wants. Without Tom Brady, he has the defense. He has the offense. How do you see these moves helping Bill Belichick in 2021? And could they contend for the FC's crown? I feel like they can definitely contend for the AFC East crown. It's just like last year is just some rough patches. Players opted out because of COVID. And they still did fairly well, even with like not all their weapons back. For that season. So it's like everything's slowly coming together. Cam Newton's getting assets and weapons. So he can be more like a pocket passer. He doesn't have to literally be super cam and run up and down the field. And now we even have, we even, we didn't even get to the draft yet. So it's like there's still moves that can be made and still get even more assets to make the Patriots literally stop the Buffalo Bills from running that division. So it's almost touch and go. But at the same time, I think. If they get, because I guess more a couple key assets on that offensive line, and maybe a couple more wide receiver weapons for Cam Newton, and like maybe one more running back to rotate through and keep them healthy, then you know the Patriots can easily have like, you know, a ten and six season and get a wild card spot, and like maybe fall one game short to Buffalo and they end up losing the division because of that. Without a doubt, my man with chances also makes does make a wonderful point. Kev Nunn has to be able to throw further down the field. And I do agree. That's why they say David Andrews, all those guys are back. But James, Kev Nunn is not obviously the long term answer. They signed to a one year deal because he is going to be grooming a guy. Trust Bill Belichick. Trust the process. Unlike with the Philadelphia 76 who haven't but Leave Isaiah to last because I know some of the nonsense that he is going to be saying. But Mr. Producer Stephen Wang, I will have to ask you though. You know Shree longer than I have. You see the moves the New England Patriots are making. How do you think this bolsters their offense and going to 2021? And can you see the AFC East now that the Patriots made these moves being one of the top divisions in football next year? Absolutely. And I think that the first thing we got to recognize is that when you see a seven and nine NFL football team, this is not college football. This is not, you know, NBA basketball. Seven and nine in the NFL is actually deceivingly competitive because it really tells you that this team was on the cusp of making the playoffs and was a mediocre team that year. 
And you have a guy like Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. Gronkowski obviously departed a couple years ago before they became 7-9, and nine, but still a loss that they had to deal with. Edelman wasn't healthy for the entire year. And you saw all of the uh, moves that the Patriots had to deal with going into the 2020-21 to 21 NFL season, and they still finish a mediocre 7-9. and nine. That tells me they're right on the cusp of being a playoff team. So first of all, I do see them being a contender in the AFC East. I do see the AFC East being one of the best divisions uh, in, in NFL football, and I also see them as uh, very able to challenge for that crown and beat the Buffalo Bills for that division. Because frankly, I think there's all this hype around Josh Allen and he's really still just not that amazing of a quarterback. I mean, he is literally just another version of Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's as good as Lamar Jackson. What? Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. I think he's a one-hit. No, I cannot believe <laughs> there he's There are two that different leagues. You, you can't are telling me Jack- that he's similar to Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. Who's a little bit more accurate last year? Who won it? Who won last year? Who, yeah, who yeah, okay. Give it, yeah, because you had a freaking, freaking had rough defense? hit Lamar Jackson out of the game. Yeah, and because before that, go, did you go see Lamar that, Jackson's ball Ravens? How many? How that. many snaps did he miss? How many snaps Wait, did he miss? That how, every freaking how snap. Many, how many off times points. has? How many times has he beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh wait, he hasn't. Done and how many yet, times has Josh Allen beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Dad, Matt, that's you're talking about Lamar Jackson and the Kansas City Chiefs being top okay, two teams. But Lamar they, Jackson, hey, let's can't get even beat let's them. okay, let's move on from Lamar Jackson comparison, who's clearly a better quarterback than than Josh Allen. But Josh Allen, I, I still Layout. hold my point. He he's a one year wonder. Okay, he's one year. He's not all that great. I don't even think honestly. Trevor, listen, listen, listen. I don't think he's even going to be as good as Andrew Luck in this league. Like I think he's he's got the no. talent and everything, and I think the Bills they're a hype team, but they're kind of like the Cleveland Browns where it's like they're great on paper, but let's see if this can really last multiple. Get some help, and they can really make multiple year runs. But anyway, let's go back to the topic of the Patriots now. Y'all are just going to keep disagreeing. First of all, the Patriots made That's good moves this season. They were seven and nine in a year where they lost a lot of pieces, which means they were on a cusp of making the playoffs. They had some impressive wins, like double-digit wins against the Raiders. They were competitive against good teams like the Seahawks. So th- that's that's pretty and impressive. The and, then, and then I think the Patriots and the Vikings are two teams that are due for a comeback this year. They're two teams that were on the cusp of winning the playoffs last year. And I know I know everybody here is going to bring up Kent Cousins, Captain Kirk, and Meemum and everything. But it's Captain Kent. Sorry. Two teams that dealt with a lot of, um, you know, turmoil and absences coming into the 2020 coronavirus-ridden season, and they 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 looked impressive in stretches during the season. They just couldn't close out some of the good teams. Both of them were very competitive against Seattle. Both of them had some impressive wins along the way, and I think both of these teams are due for a breakout season. I predict a 10 and six finish for both teams. And uh, the Vikings may as well go eleven and five, man. Wait, hold on, hold on. Who did they go five. overtime against? They went into overtime against the Jaguars with a guy that had a giraffe neck. Don't give me that malarkey. I mean, that's. I mean, it's the NFL, man. Yeah. Like, like I said, like in the NFL, it's very easy week to week 
to lose on any given Sunday. Just ask the 15-1 and Green Bay Packers who lost to Matt Castle and the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, I'm not high on the Packers, but I uh, I think Isaiah was giving a script to producer Wing, so Paul all ridiculous comments that producer Wing made tonight. But my man, uh, Sammy, you saw the moves in the New England Patriots made, and the really the huge question is: we know what the Bills are about. We know what the Dolphins Overrated. Are, are about. Says the guy that said Lamar Jackson for one game, and after that to another. He said, or then you gave up on Lamar after one game. So you're about, about as bad as Isaiah. But the question to you is, Sammy, is we know what the Dolphins could be about. They were on the cliffs of making the playoffs last year. We know what the Bills are about, despite um, producer Wayne sipping some of that virgin pina colada. How do you think the Patriots differ in their play based on these moves and how the how competitive the AFC East will be in 2021? I think it depends on who they get at quarterback. Uh, Stephen Wang brought up uh, week three when they played the Seahawks. And that same Patriots team struggled to beat the Jets that same year. And they struggled to put away the Jaguars that same year. So, you know, it says how inconsistent they were at quarterback. So if they can get a quarterback, then I think that all the moves that they made on offense uh, are more justified. But I don't think right now that those are justified at the time being uh their defense is pretty solid i like what they're bringing back on defense i like how they added judon and you know this is the i think the defense will keep them competitive and probably around seven and nine like they were this year but i don't see them you know pushing the dolphins for that wild card spot the dolphins and the bills are a bunch of one hit wonders they, they had great years last what year, about but- cousins he had a one year in 2015 went to the playoffs and after that yeah, I mean Kirk Cousins. He well, he, Cousins he, also earned that top, contract. Yeah, he's you a know, top he ten quarterback in this league, man. Like he is putting up fantastic the numbers. Falcons? What about that game against the Falcons? You, you act like Kirk Cousins has to. You have to. You act like Kirk Cousins has to. You barely kicker, beat the Jaguars. Kicker, linebacker, barely, offensive lineman, everything. You like tell me are all the kicker problems and offensive line problems Jaguars. on him? Dude, you sound like freaking Skip Bayless here. You're telling me that this is an elite team that went to overtime against the Jaguars, who don't have an offensive line, who don't have the quarterback, who have a defense. How about a kicker try to hit some field goals? How about offensive line try to block the offense? Try to block better than Isaiah blocks me from the post. Is is that you always make excuses for but it's it's because you had a perfect child. Oh, it's never his fault. Oh, he held test. Oh, it's okay. The teacher was rough on him. Stop it with that bull jab. We apologize for his stuff, but Isaiah will go to you because Andrew Stephen Luck, here the number been... one overall pick, got more excuses in his career than Kirk Cousins has gotten ever. I never make excuses for him. Real true fans don't do that. But Isaiah will ask you because Steven's sipping too much of that virgin panda colada. You made him. I'll ask you. The moves the Patriots made, it's exciting. The, all the moves they made, we can get all excited, though. But the problem is now, just like Sammy said, the quarterback. So we don't know what's going to happen next year. But my question, final question for you, Isaiah, is before we kind of get into the comments and move on to many, many NFL friends and moves here on the MI6 Sports Network is, how do you feel about this team? And do you think on defense they could be a bigger threat than the Miami Dolphins? Because we saw last year that we want to talk about the quarterback. Tua Tolanova is not the guy. I'm sorry. I'm not high on Tua, so all we really have is Josh Allen in that division. Do you need a type of quarterback of Josh Allen's talent, or 
how do you see this offense faring depending on who they get quarterback in the draft next or this this coming weeks? Well, first of all, who's ready for even more fiery hot takes? I got that pina colada too right now in this cup. And it's filled up all the way up to the brim. How about new? Well, Isaiah, you don't even drink real pina colada, man. I guarantee you it's non-alcoholic, but go ahead. Also, that's a stocker mom drink, but go ahead. Well, first of all, let me say this. I agree with what Sammy said. All these moves the Patriots made is not going to make a difference if you don't have a quarterback. Cam Newton, everybody keeps making excuses for him. Oh, he doesn't have weapons or, oh, he's coming back from surgery. you got to give him more time. What we saw last season, I know he didn't have the greatest weapons in the world, but the guy could not throw the football down the field. You look what he did with my against my San Francisco 49ers, where he threw four interceptions. He tried to push the ball down the field, but he kept overthrowing receivers very, very badly. That ended up getting picked off by the 49ers cornerbacks. So the Patriots, that one-year $14 million deal they gave Cam Newton, I don't know why they did that. I thought it was stupid, but then I you know read some more into that deal, and it was it's actually a one-year $5 million contract and you have $9 million being in incentives. So, I mean, it makes sense but, like to have a quarterback right now be in your building as you're trying to get free agents to come. And then maybe Belichick will try to wait for Garoppolo or he'll try to uh, go get Mac Jones or get a quarterback in the draft. But you know what? I'll say this. I don't believe the Patriots need that like Tom Brady-level quarterback. No. I believe if they get Drew Locke in there, I think they, they're making the playoffs. I really do believe if you get Drew Locke in. How about new? Because Why? Drew Locke is an upgrade over Cam Newton. Drew Locke can push the ball down the Stop field. It. Get some help. You just need a guy that can push the ball down the field. You don't need a guy that can, you know, throw. You, you don't need a guy that could throw 500 yards per game. No, you just need a guy that can manage a game and that can just don't turn the ball over. Oh, my God, you had it. Oh, my God, it was right in your ass. Jimmy Ward, you had that big. Come on, Hasty. Go, go, go. First down. Yes. Come on, Jimmy. We got to get this first down. I think that Drew Locke would be a great addition to the New England Patriots. And I also think New England should have signed Mitchell Trubisky as well. I think Trubisky. Wait, I think wait, Trubisky... wait, wait a minute, Isaiah. You left ship from the Nick Mullins bandwagon. Now you're hopping on the Drew Locke. What's next? It's probably going to be some <laughs> quarterback out of the draft. You're saying he's the next OG GOAT that we're all going to be hyped up about. Love this comment. And he's going to have a terrible first year. And then he's going to have, like, amazing second year like Devin Booker is having right now and going to be, like, saying, he's my favorite player and X, Y, Z reasons. Oh, my goodness. Guys, guys, I got the video. I found the video to demonstrate what Drew Locke would be like on the Patriots. Come on, Jimmy. We got to get this first down. Hasty's open. Hasty. Oh, my God. You take a damn sack. He was wide open. Are you far? I say you have gone Higgins with Drew Locke. And Higgins, I'm going to tag you on social media so you can sponsor Isaiah and MSA Sports. That would be the most hilarious sponsorship here. 
But Christy Wilson says, Isaiah going off the rails again. Yes, he pretty much does that every single night. I mean, he watches Elmo in his free time when the water or the power is almost out. So, I mean, this is the same guy that said Michigan, blah, 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 blah. You get the point. No, no, no. I don't want Drew Locke with my Denver Broncos. And then you have the Broncos today. Another talk about later. But no, Isaiah. He's not going to the Patriots. Are you fucked? I want to say something right quick. I I think oh, I get course, what I'm saying. I don't think he's saying Drew Locke. I think he's saying a service to Google quarterback. I think he's using Drew Locke as an example. That's what I'm getting at right here because I think that I see where he's coming from because I think if he gets if you put a serviceable quarterback, a quarterback that can, you know, like a Trent Dilfer type of quarterback where he's not throwing interceptions and he's not losing you the game, but he's making he's the safe option basically. You know, he's not losing you the game. He's not you know turning over the ball left and right. I don't think Drew Locke is the answer, but I think a quarterback like you know that would be serviceable. Could you know push him to eight and eight, nine and seven? Probably past the Dolphins. Is is Alex Smith still on the market? Yep, free so. But then he would yeah. be like a mentor quarterback. So I mean, the concern is, yeah, Alex Smith will be healthy. But the question is, what happens when you have like a Khalil Mack or those t- or Don- Aaron Donald, that type of player that hits him really hard? Is he going to have like a similar like half type injury? And who knows? But Drew Lock isn't even serviceable. He can barely get his tire service that good year tire. Much less be a quarterback in the NFL. Steven, Ooh. Alex Smith is still on the market. But he was coming for a Denver Broncos fan, guys. He would, hold just on. to let you guys know. Alex Smith would be a – like he's on the market, but he would be a terrible addition to the Patriots because he's kind of like Cam Newton where right now he's just going to hand the ball off and just manage a game. But the problem with Alex Smith is he cannot throw the football down the field. He is a guy that just – excels in the short passing game area. Well, here's the thing, though. Like I was saying, uh, even Cam Newton when fully held. Isaiah, what was uh, what's the case's record? What's up? I'm sorry. Isaiah, do you know what, what's the face's record with the new quarterback? Alex Smith? Uh, Who? Alex Smith. Do you know what his starting uh, record was last year? As a starting quarterback, yeah, no, that I, horrible Washington football. Team five and one, five and one, exactly. Five and one, five and one. That's a great record for a quarterback that's uh, that quote unquote cannot throw the ball down the field. And I also here's even when Cam Newton was fully healthy, even we go back to MVP year, his he was never been a good or accurate passer ever in his entire career to say him being healthy. But this question is here that I put out there. What about lots of the He had a visit with the 49ers. So 49ers, please sign him. But before we kind of get in a twirl spin, uh, Trevor, I believe I asked all of y'all, but Juju Smith goes back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Juju Smith had a down year last year. Somebody can pinpoint and distract with Twitter, doing all the dances and doing the quarterback thing, whatever. Juju Smith goes back on a one-year deal, despite I believe it was what the they choose a one-year deal. My question to you, Trevor, is: Is this a one-year, in your opinion, one-year prove type deal to so Juju can prove, hey, I'm a number one guy, despite all the dances and the Corvette bullshit you were doing on Twitter? Is this a one-year prove type deal, or is this really just a thing where Juju Smith knows that he it maybe isn't as great as he thinks? 
I want to just say the Steelers just got lucky last year. That's that's basically all it was. They got hot and they had a nice, you know, undefeated streak going, and then they just start losing games left and right, and it was just like they got exposed. So, like, my question is really just like sitting b- bottom line. It's like they need assets. Big Ben is not going to be there forever. So, like, at what point do they get a nice replacement quarterback so they can transition and still keep winning games and still being a playoff team? Because that team's going to hit a, a rebuilding wall. And Juju's going to leave, and you're just going to have more holes on that team. I understand Steelers have a great – like, is a great organization. Their defense is normally solid, and it's just like – even if it's like a down year, the defense is still, you know, above average defense that can still get the task done, create turnovers when they need it, and just control that division. And even if they don't win that division, they're normally like second place and somehow still get in the wild card picture. So the organization is good, but it's going to run out of time when they don't replace Big Ben, and when they don't replace Big Ben, Juju will probably leave and go somewhere else because he probably doesn't have time to deal with a rookie quarterback. But at the same time, that rookie quarterback could get him the ball more, and he could stay because of that. But if I was him, you got to get that ring, man. You got to leave Pittsburgh. They're not going to get you the ring. And I don't want to say go join Tampa or go join you know, like the Arizona Cardinals because Arizona's loading up on wide receivers at this point in time. So it's like it's really hard to say. Where does he need to go, and how does he get a ring off of it? So that's what, if I was Juju, that's what I would be looking for. Like, but What, what, what is Juju's play? mentality, um, not only entering the NFL, but especially now that he is you know, a three-year vet in the NFL. He's completed his third season. He's heading into his fourth. What do you guys think is his mentality towards the game? Is he there to just win a ring by any means necessary, or is he there to be the man, to be the guy, and to win – in which, in a way, in which he's the man of the team. I mean, that's definitely an excellent question. But Sammy, I will go to you though, because I know who your team is in the NFL. Juice went back to the one year, type, kind of pervert type deal. You saw that he got maybe a potential offer from the Ravens or the Chiefs or a couple other teams. Do you think Juju Smith makes this team better, or is it just the Steelers are delaying the inevitable with the marriage between? Ben Roethlisberger, and, of course, the overrated head coach and Mike Tomlin. I think it's them trying to make this be- uh, the team the best they can. Uh, I know Juju is coming back, and I know next year after this, they are getting a lot of money in cap space. They're getting like $30, $40 million in cap space. So I think the idea is him coming back for one more year and then getting paid is probably the game plan for Juju and the Steelers. Without a doubt, my man, but sure. I'll go the to first five, you. Games, whenever they were on that hot streak before they played Tennessee, and it happened during uh, Tennessee, they were a team that liked to throw the ball downfield, likes to mix it up with Claypool, with Ray Ray McLeod. That's the type of team they were. You know, they got more players involved. The thing, though, is, of course, I will go to – producer Wang here for the MR6 Sports Network. Just like he talks about, like Sammy saying, I don't add to that, a one-dimensional offense. But I'll ask you, Steven, Juju Smith goes back to the Steelers. Of course, like you said, he got offered from teams, and it's a one-year period deal with the Steelers. Do you think he makes his team any better, or is his team going to be even worse than last year? Like Sammy said, they got exposed. The Browns are better. The Ravens are going to be doing their thing. The Bengals, they should be getting a little bit better. How do you how do you think Juju Smith coming back on your 
Huff Steelers' chances of not just getting the AC North crown, but going deeper in the playoffs and maybe getting a third Super Bowl or a second one potentially with their head coach? Well, first of all, I think the Steelers, um, by and large, last year, they pretty much achieved up to expectations. I thought they were a team that um, they may have even overachieved by a little bit, given that Ben Roethlisberger was coming back from a major injury. And heading into the year, year, I just totally thought the Steelers were pretenders. They were fake news. I didn't think they were even going to make the playoffs. I thought Ben Roethlisberger is washed. And they certainly looked like contenders for most of the year. For two-thirds of the year, they looked like a dominant football team, the dominant team that we remembered that won those championships with Heinz Ward and Troy Polamalu. It's just a shame how they couldn't finish their 19-0 attempted run, guys. But, you know, I'll get, I'll get Ryan Schreiner on that bet someday. By 2030, guys, I guarantee you there will be a 19-0 NFL team. It will happen. But going back to the topic... Juju Smith-Schuster is around the same age as me. He's 24 years old. And I think the way he is looking at this, guys, is I have established a certain chemistry, a certain um, rhythm with this Steelers team. This is a team that has totally you know, bought into me in terms of the game plan. Maybe not the contract. They're not offering him the big contract he wants just yet, albeit it could be due to what Sammy's saying where they have more salary cap coming up next offseason, and they're just trying to you know, hold on to their cash and not be cash-strapped. But they haven't offered him that big contract. But in terms of X's and O's, they have really leaned on this guy offensively. They have given him the green light as a wide receiver, and he has gotten so many great looks on the deep ball and short throws on the Steelers. If I'm Juju Smith-Schuster, right, I'm only 24 years old. I'm looking to become that guy in the league. I'm looking to become what Antonio Brown was before the scandals. I'm looking to become what um, Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson were in their primes. I want to be that top dog. And it's easiest to just run it back, you know? Like, you played a great pickup game, for example, with your former team, and you barely lost. You run it back. You got great synergy with that team. You're just 24 years old. You can risk the hiccup in potential earnings. I'm sure Juju thinks that with this Steelers team, he has the best chance of becoming a big face of the league in terms of being a wide receiver and being an elite wide receiver at that. And at the same time, he already has something good going with the Steelers. So as long as the Steelers give him enough of a reason to stay, which means you know being on the cusp of contention or being you know top contenders, I don't think he's going to leave. He's going to stay in Pittsburgh because this is a solid football town with great roots where people still want to come and everything and he is familiar with the offense and this is a team that has bought into him offensively when you're 24 years old you're looking to build that legacy you're looking to build that um, reputation of yours as a top dog more than ever you're not looking to just ride into the sunset and try to hop on for a cheap ring I don't think Juju has that mentality I think he wants to be the man Isaiah, I will go to you before I give my thoughts to you because I definitely would have a lot to say here. But, of course, you've seen a lot of series in the end. probably talked about Juju. Do you think that he really makes this team any better? Or do you think this is a team that is not going to be able to find their identity because they are pass, pass, pass? And right now, without the running game, you just be But do you think Juju Smith makes this team any different than last year? Or is it going to be the same thing where – 
you go from eighth grade to ninth grade and you look exactly the same. Let me start by saying this. Uh, before I get to your question, John, I think that Juju Smith-Schuster made a huge mistake. Um, he was reportedly offered, in addition to the Steelers deal, I'm reading it right now from Yahoo Sports, that he was reportedly offered one-year uh, $8 million deals by both the Kansas City Chiefs as well as the Baltimore Ravens, uh, in addition to the Steelers deal as well. Juju Smith-Schuster should have taken that Chiefs deal because, like Steven said, Juju right now is a guy that he wants to, you know, pad his stats and get that bag. That's what he wants. You know, he doesn't really – like winning a ring would be great, but that's not his top priority. If he went to Kansas City, I have no doubt in mind that Juju would have not only been able to pad his stats with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football, and you got Tyreek Hill, and you got Travis Kelsey, and Sammy Watkins as well, or Sammy Watkins is a free agent. But that's too but many mouths to feed, Isaiah. Mm. That's too many mouths to feed. Going back to exactly, Trevor. plus but they I'm had saying, to release you, their two offensive linemen. You would be able to get your, you know, your touches and your receptions, and you would be able to win. So if I was Juju Smith-Schuster, I would have taken that deal, or I would have taken the Ravens deal because right now I think the Ravens are a much uh, better team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Lamar Jackson. If you give him that, you know, number one receiver, just like. The Bills did with Josh Allen. Who knows? He might turn into an MVP candidate. But um, going back to uh, your question, John, which was, uh, is this, you know, or how, are the Steelers going to be the same? Um, yeah, I do believe they are going to be the same because right now, Big Ben, you know, he can't really throw the football down the, uh, down the field. He's a guy that, you know, relies a lot on the short passes. And also Sammy mentioned this on – uh, Wild Sports saw a couple of weeks ago that Big Ben, he turned the football a lot in the final couple of months in the season. So that's a big concern. And the defense, they just lost Bud Dupree. Devin Bush, I believe, is coming off um, either an ACL or an Achilles. That's, that's another big loss. Uh, and, you know, the Steelers... I feel like they're like the San I'm going to use a baseball analogy. They look like the San Francisco Giants from... Back when they had that run, that you know they they had that run from 2010 to 2014, where they were winning World Series championships and they were going to the playoffs. And then in 2015, 2016, 2017, as you know their core got older and older and older and started to decline, they kept signing you know players to you know like short-term contracts and also they kept signing players to try to win now and delaying the inevitable instead of going into full rebuilding modes. I think that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing right now. Um, I think it's going to end like it did last season, uh, probably losing either in the divisional round or in the uh, wild card round if they make the playoffs. Number one, and maybe this is nothing to do with Isaiah – the Steelers are going to miss the playoffs. I'm convinced of the Browns. I understand they addressed their defense, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Folks, Juju Smith is not a number one option for the Steelers because the problems we know with the Steelers, they're phenomenal. Regardless of the, either the running back position or defense, they're one of the best teams in the NFL in drafting at the receiver position. Dante Johnson, Chase Claypool, a rookie here this year. I mean, you have another receiver that you signed on a one-year deal. 
they're always great at drafting at the receiver position. The problem is when you have all these talented receivers, he's not going to be able to get that huge fat contract because you have a bunch of other elite players and problems with the NFL. We both know how that much receiver talent, you're not going to be able to have long-term a lot of success as the new Detroit Lions quarterbacks because folks there is a lot here and I know it's going to like this next one for sure of course we go here Casey King comes in to say Arizona is getting the talent no doubt but as long as Kingsbury is there he will hold him back couldn't agree more Casey James Gonzalez comes in to say Juju Smith redeemed himself last season's actions. I agree. Maybe it's Juju Smith in the year reunite with Sam Donald somewhere. Who knows? Because I believe they played at USC. Sardero Gupta says Isaiah loves Barney and Teletubbies. He did watch Teletubbies and um, Elmo, so no, no comment there. Christy Wilson says Juju Smith would have gone lost in the shuffle with the Chiefs. Exactly. If they're trying to sign Sammy Watkins. They already have too much under the cap. Because of Patrick Mahomes' contract, you're going to have a lot of issues. But, Sammy, yeah, I know you have the uh, you had a couple of responses here, my man. Yeah, I just want to say about the uh, GG point about him. You know, last year he struggled. And I was getting to alluding to the point. The Steelers, after the Titans game, they became a uh, short passing team. Juju is a decent body with good hands. He's not util- – whenever they had uh, the OC, Keith Butler and the uh, – not Keith Butler, I forget his name, though. Uh, and they had Ben, those two going together. They did not utilize what's-his-face, Juju, to his fullest potential. Hopefully, with the new OC, you know, uh, there is more – there's going to be move- more movement before plays, and hopefully they take more shots down the field using his body more. And, you know, Deontay Johnson, mm-hmm. he was targeted 15, 20 times last, last year – and uh, late game situations, and he dropped the ball more times than any other wide receiver in the league, which is phenomenal how they tar- kept on targeting him. But, you know, you also have Claypool, who's another deep threat. You have, uh, what's his face, um, Washington, who's another really good player. And, Dante Washington, I think. Yeah, Sorry. James Washington. They're, this team is going to be a good team. And if, if they can figure out how to utilize Juju and keep Ben, and if – uh, Mason Rudolph or another the next quarterback doesn't you know psych himself to just throwing, you know the easy out, you know or the check down. You know he's going to have a phenomenal career in the Pittsburgh. Uh, it just depends on if they're willing to take that chance because you know it, it, he's not he wasn't utilized last year as he should have been, and that was part mm-hmm. of the Steelers' downfall last year. Couldn't agree more, man. But let's kind of get one more comment on the here and Casey. I agree on this one, but I see this. Them referring to the Steelers missing the playoffs for one or two games. I agree because a lot, unlike all these other teams in the AFC North, the Steelers are big as or soda. They're as basic as Lay's potato chips. Once you get to the bottom of it, there really isn't any meat and potatoes. It's just all fat on the steak. But this next one, though, Isaiah, I'm going to go to you and ask you. Trent Williams signed a six-year, $138 million contract. Of course, was with Kyle Shanahan in Washington with uh, Captain Kent and, of course, Robert Griffin III, Archie Thierry of the year that year. I know you said you made a virgin pina colada at 5.30 in the morning, but my question to you more so, your reaction is, how do you feel about this signing and moving forward? How does this team, even though they don't know who their starting quarterback is right now for 2021? 
Well, first of all, I absolutely love the signing. You know, like John mentioned earlier, uh, when I, I got the news at around 5 a.m. I think the news broke around 4.30, but I got the notification on my phone at 5 a.m. I just woke up in the middle of the night and just got that notification. I don't know why. Maybe it was destined to happen. But I got that notification, and I was so excited. I hopped out of bed, uh, starting ye- started to yell like crazy because I was so excited. almost woke up my parents. Uh, and then I went out and made a, a pina colada to celebrate. By the way, John, it wasn't a virgin pina colada. It had some rum in it as well. Uh, you're all talking. Really yes, that's how early we were drinking. But in terms no, of this, you weren't. No, you weren't. I, you literally, no. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. And the reason being is because when you look at the details of the contract, 2021, I know it's six years, 138 million, but a lot of the money is backloaded. And 2021, Trent Williams will be getting only 8 million. 2022, Trent Williams is only going to be getting 14 million. And then in 2023, he's getting 26 million. And then from 2024, to on from 2024 to 2025, 2026, that is, uh, there's no guaranteed money. Those are three uh, team options for the San Francisco 49ers. They can choose to exercise a $26 million option. And then in 2025, they could choose or not to exercise a $29 million option. And then 2026, when Trent Williams, I believe, will be 37 years of age, they can choose whether or not to exercise a $33 million player option. So it gives the Niners a lot of flexibility in the salary cap. Um, I think that this helps uh, the Niners you know, win now and also for the future because, you know, when you want to win, you got to have a strong offensive line as well as a strong defensive line. Football games are won in the trenches. It doesn't matter who's your quarterback. If you cannot protect that quarterback, just look what happened when the Nick, uh, the Niners threw out Nick Mullins and C.J. Bathard and those guys, Jimmy Garoppolo this season. You know, those guys, they're not the greatest quarterbacks in the world, but they all kept getting hurt because the offensive line just couldn't protect them. So you have to get a good offensive line to protect your quarterback no matter who he is or else he will suffer the same result that Jimmy Garoppolo has suffered for like the last two, three seasons. So I like this move because they the Niners needed to protect the quarterback. They also got Alex Mack to be the anchor of that offensive line at center. That's going to really help them. The only uh, area now on the offensive line I'm worried about is Mr. McGlinchy. Mr. McGlinchy, who plays right tackle, he is a beast when it comes to run blocking, but he is absolutely rubbish when it comes to pass protection. I mean, we showed some of his uh, horrific blocking last year uh, on the MI6 Sports Network, but that is the thing that worries me. Yes, you have a guy that protects the new or the quarterbacks blind side, but the right side is still a big problem for the 49ers. And until they get that addressed, I don't have full confidence in them. Trevor, my man, you know how Isaiah is with this San Francisco 49ers. We've all talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. You disowned uh, Nick Mullins here as you did the other day. And you disowned King Slovis. But my question to you, though, is despite this contract, like I said, says a lot of his empty calorie stats. How do you feel this helped? the San Francisco 49ers address the quarterback position either in the draft or somehow deeper or later in late in the free agency or a quarterback trade? It's really hard to say what the 49ers are trying to do. They have 
they can get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and get respectable, good draft picks off of it if, if it's done right. But at the same time, he's too injury prone. He's second year in a row that he's got injured. And most teams are like saying, why do I want a quarterback that got injury? He's got hurt two years back to back. Though it's like you can blame the offensive line for the 49ers. But still, it's it's more like an eyesore for any team that wants a quarterback. It just doesn't make sense to go get him and make him your starter. Like if he didn't get hurt, it's like, you know, he's your starter and you continue to go forth. But he's been hurt twice. You go to the draft and find somebody. But at the same time, what we've seen before, you can go get a quarterback in the draft. But if you don't have a line, you just wasted a pick. And we saw that with Joe Burrow. Like though Joe Burrow is up and coming and hopefully he has this nice speedy recovery, makes a great comeback season. But if they don't address that line issue, you're going to put him at risk again to get hurt. So I'm like thinking 49ers in this draft, you got to get some offensive line to protect your quarterback that you desire to go after or late in the free agency to go get and make sure in the draft, you go get that offensive line. And if it's a veteran quarterback that you have, the veteran quarterback will make sure plays will happen for those star players. So it's like, you don't need big names to come to San Francisco. You just need good or above average players to get the job done with the veteran quarterback. That's all you got to do. Same out go to you here. I know you talked about strong quarterbacks. You could see either be a backup or a starter for the, for the San Francisco 49ers. But now that this deal has gone through, how do you think this does change or this has really changed the quarterback approach for the San Francisco 49ers? I think they got to play it safe uh, as of right now. Unless, you know, the thing about the draft and trading Garoppolo is like, uh, you know, uh, he said, you know, you're trading draft picks and, you you know, you no know one's going to want to trade a lot for a injury-prone quarterback. And, you know, another thing is, is that you're getting all these draft picks. You know, you could be getting the next Paxton Lynch-type quarterback where he doesn't pan out at all in the NFL, where you're getting even worse of an option. So that's another thing you have to worry about. Uh, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo himself is a horrible quarterback. I think he's all right. Uh, you know, I don't think it, it, it's – Unless you're getting a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, I would not go all in on a trade and get a, give away Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he is injury prone. But you know, it, it's it's the Niners are right now in this position right now where they want to compete for a Super Bowl and they want to at the same time uh, keep building on what the young talent that they already have. So they're in, a, in that awkward position right now. So, like I said, you either got go all in or just roll with what you have and hope that you can develop a better uh, backup. I agree, my man, on this one. And, and that's the beauty part about the Jimmy Garoppolo contract, folks, is that whenever they decide to release him or trade him, there's little to no money. So it's not it's a win-slash-lose situation. But I had to address this comment here because somebody, Ishmael, the San Francisco 49ers, to trade McGlinchey, Grant Cohen's favorite player, to join the Denver Broncos. Ha, ha, ha. Would love to see John just lose his mind. You thought that would be bad, Ishmael? Watch if somehow Mullins or somehow another quarterback that Isaiah disowned or a quarterback that blocked Isaiah on LinkedIn come to the Denver Broncos. But my thoughts, I think it's a phenomenal deal. But the problem is, even if you have the offensive line, can you still trust Jimmy Garoppolo to stay healthy? I understand sometimes you got to play it safe because you never know what's going to happen with Garoppolo. Now, if you're not going to get a lot for Garoppolo, 
Do you keep them? Because even if you release them, yes, you get some more money to address the quarterback position. But the problem is you don't necessarily have the picks that can't afford to lose certain players on defense to be able to get that quarterback. So it's kind of a win-lose-lose type of situation. I think it's a great deal to maybe stall some time for Kyle Shanahan to find a quarterback. But before we move on, I love this comment by James Gonzalez. He said, uh, sorry. Isaiah watches the Lifetime Network. I only know about that because my mom watches Hallmark movies when he consumes his virgin pina colada. Ha, 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 ha. As we move to more NFL free agent moves here that happen in the NFL on the MI6 Sports Network. One year anniversary special and Ismail, you fired. This next one here, I love Isaiah. Joe Flacco to the San Francisco 49ers. He visits them. On a deal, and he retired. I looked on his Twitter because I follow people because I, I still love football. Um, but he retired. So he's pulling Brett Favre without having the talent of Brett Favre visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Is this a thing where if the San Francisco 49ers do decide to sign Joe Flacco on a one-year deal, does this somehow hope or change the plans or increase or decrease Jimmy Garoppolo's chances of staying with the 49ers? regardless if he does stay healthy. Face the music, you tease me about this comment and this comment. Now, Mr. Leong, it is your turn. First of all, let me go down on my knees. And Mitchell Trubisky, if you're watching, I am so sorry for hating on you on our shows and our MI6 group chat and spewing venom about how you suck and how I did not want you to go to sports. Because this is a worse option than Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, Joe Flacco, no disrespect to him. He's a future Hall of Famer, 38 years of age. The problem with him, though, is that, like I said, he is 38 years of age, and he has neck issues and back issues that he has suffered with John's Denver Broncos. Why are we even doing this, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan? If Joe Flacco is signed, that tells me right now that the 49ers are no doubt going to keep Jimmy G because you have Jimmy G. You have Josh Rosen. You have Joe Flacco if you sign him. No, I do not want Joe Flacco, no, N-O, no, I don't want Joe Flacco, please. Mitchell Trubisky, if you can somehow get out of your deal with the Buffalo Bills, or the one-year $2.5 million, get out of there and come to the Bay. I'll give you, I'll personally meet you at the airport. I would give you some sourdough bread, clam <laughs> chowder. Get out of that deal and save me from Joe Flacco. Wow, uh, I, I'm upset. <sighs> Texas failed me. I'm done with Texas. Texas, man, oh man, Texas. <laughs> thank you for my my bracket. My bracket's fried. I it's said, even worse. Dude, you can't make fun of us when you when you laugh like a dying witch on like one of the 1950s TV shows. So you can't be. I mean, what kind? Don't even give me that bull job. At least I don't overhype my team. Say, oh, they're gonna be this or they're gonna be that. I'm excited for them to go into the March Madness, but other than that, I'm not gonna talk trash until I can personally guarantee it. I think somebody else, Barshardell, with the with the MVP comment of the night, trade Joe Flacco or sign Joe Flacco 
to the San Francisco 49ers here. Isaiah, no comment because you're a bunch of backlash. is going to be ridiculous. We, the, 40, me, I will, we they, the 49ers I, disown Chardot. We disown Chardot. Chardot is now banned from being a 49ers fan. He is no longer a fan of the Niners. We disown Chardot. Are you are you even a 49ers fan when you say that you like Nick Mullins and then you had Joe Flacco and then you had um, Josh Rosen? Potentially Joe Flacco, sorry. I mean, you're just as inconsistent as a teenager is when you're trying to ask them a question how their day was or how their homework is. But I will ask, of course, I, Trevor and Sammy or both of you whoever's the officer next is Joe Flacco to the San Francisco 49ers here. Sammy, I would love to see it happen because it would make Isaiah freak out. But just like we know what's going to happen, it's not going to happen. But what are your thoughts on Joe Flacco? visiting the San Francisco 49ers, or is this just another day with it's a slow news day, and they try to come up with a story to kill the time? Oh, he also may have you know, been using their facilities to work out. You know, you, you, you never know. But uh, I don't think he's going to sign with the uh, Niners. I don't see why the Niners would try to sign a 40-year-old quarterback at this point of his career, other than maybe as um, – maybe take a sixth-round, seventh-round draft pick and a quarterback, and then have Joe Flacco as the safety valve if uh, Jimmy G goes down. And I think that's really the only use that he would be. And I, like uh, Isaiah said, this would confirm that Jimmy G is the long, is not is just the long-term uh, option for the Niners right now. Without a doubt, my man here. But, Trevor, I will ask you, we all talk about bad old quarterbacks. We both played Madden 12. I played Madden 21 back in the day with 10 quarterback, underrated quarterbacks. But Joe Flacco to the 49ers, how much would this make your day seeing Isaiah flip out if this actually happened? It would make my day so much because what Isaiah has put me through in the last 48 hours with Ohio State losing to Texas screwing up my bracket even more. I would love to see Joe Flacco end up on the 49ers just to see him have a sour look on his face. I would love to see it. But to be realistic, and if you sign him for a one-year deal, I, it kind of makes sense. And if they're going to stick with Jimmy G, give him, like, technically, quote-unquote, a full year of rest. You don't play him. And making sure he's 100% to the T. And then you reinstate him the following year or like bring him back in halfway through the season, then it's like, you know, it's not a bad way to go. So it's like, it's pretty reasonable, but I don't know if it's really a desire when you can just go get an, a next up and coming quarterback and be locked in for the next five years with that new, you know, showcase and that, that new model car that you always wanted. That's basically what you're getting in the draft. Or you like you said, you know, go out, get that veteran in Joe Flacco, have one year of something solid, and then make something out of it. Without a doubt, my man, I think it would be a definitely thing where they keep Garoppolo towards the end of his contract and let him be the guy as a mentor, a young quarterback. I don't think it's going to happen. It would be absolutely hilarious. And here are my response to that, just to see Isaiah go – Flippity flop. Yes! 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 You like that? You like that? And the famous song before we move on. 
But folks, we move on to a lot more NFL free agency talk here on the MSX Sports Network. The one-year anniversary. I'll go to you, Trevor, here first. The Jaguars signed Marvin Jones, NFL veteran, and Carlos Hyde and Philippe to a Marvin two-year deal. I ask you, how do you feel about Marvin Jones being signed? How do you feel about, um, of course, Carlos Hyde coming back? To the Jacksonville Jaguars, as we know, in 2019, he was with the team, with the uh, the Chiefs, and was traded all around. Too, he went to the Texans. But my thought is, how do you feel about these signings, and how does this help or influence who they get in the 2021 NFL draft? Well, they're underneath Urban Meyer, number one. So it's like him going out in the draft. He knows the best college prospects to get to build a team. So like, I'm not worried about that. But at the same time, having these veterans come back and then mentoring some of the younger guys that Urban Meyer selects in the draft, it's definitely going to have a huge influence on the Jacksonville Jaguars for sure. And then even that division alone, it's going up and down. Like Texans are out of the picture. Colts don't have a quarterback. So it's like they have all these you know key parts, but no one leading the ship. So it's just like a vacant ship at this point. And then you have the Titans, who are one-dimensional. You can shut down the run game. They will they will fold themselves in. So it's like Jaguars can actually run the – I wouldn't say run the division, but at least contest and make it very interesting. The team, I would say, is a dark horse. People are counting them out already, but they're going to try to go out and try to prove people wrong in the season. I don't think they're going to go and, like they said, make the playoffs, but I feel like they're a team that I would say goes – seven and nine and just cause some havoc in the NFL for sure. See man, go to you because I know how you like to say certain takes here, my man. But of course you see how they got Carlos Hyde back to the Jaguars, put up the set who's a, maybe a second or third option and signing Marvin Jones. But the Colts having Carson Wentz and nobody else in the division, how do you feel this impacts who they draft and does this help Urban Meyer despite some of his concern with his health? I think that this helps out the Jaguars a lot, and I wish that the Jaguars would have signed, went out and signed a uh, Carl or Curtis Samuels type player because I'd be mm-hmm. interested to see how Urban Meyer uses the H back position in the NFL versus when he used it in college. Uh, I still think the AFC South is going to be won by the Colts, and it's going to be really hard for the Jaguars mm-hmm. you know, to be competitive after one in fifteen year or zero in sixteen. I forget what they were, but after a year like that, you know where they were weren't competitive at all. And to turn around and basically flip the whole roster, that's going to be tough. I don't care who the GM is or, you know, who the head coach is. And uh, one thing I did like about their signings was that bringing back uh, Carlos Hyde, who is a veteran in uh, Urban Meyer's system. He played with him in college. So coming back and, and mentoring a young quarter running back, and they, they have and, um, James Robinson, I do believe, who was one of the best young running backs next year. And, you know, as far as, you know, the Colts and then the Texans and then the Titans, you know, you have a really good quarterback in uh, Ryan Tannehill. And um, er, and the defense has been pretty good, has been pretty good. Mike Vrabel is a coach, uh, young, very young coach 
that is going to be the future of the league one of these days. I think he has a lot of potential. Uh, and you know the Texans. One of their flaws right now is whenever they get, uh, whenever whatever they decide to do with Deshaun Watson, they're gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do at the quarterback position to avoid being in the cellar of the AFC South. So it's gonna be tough for them to uh, rebound from that. I agree, and this same kind of and seeing this stuff forward, it doesn't matter if you see the coach, or the owner, or the GM. It is Jacksonville Jaguars. You have the same owner who barely who. Communicates as much as your 13 year old daughter does when she gets her first phone or start to get a driver's license at 16 years old. Doesn't communicate really with the team here. It's the same only here for people need, like Sammy was saying, it does not matter who the quarterback is. It does not matter. But of course, moving on though, like we got a few more here we want to address and make that our a big deal. Sardell, I agree more. You're basically the 2014 KD of tonight's. Comments here along with Casey King and, of course, James Gonzalez. But A.J. Green to the Cardinals. Sammy, I'll start with you. There was so much excitement with A.J. Green, with Joe Burrow, what could happen or what could what could have happened with Joe Burrow and A.J. Green having the veteran presence and what could or could not happen. It did not, unfortunately, work out. It was a disaster. My question to you is, more so your thoughts, is how do you feel about A.J. Green to the Arizona Cardinals, and how does this help despite who they have the hedging? Uh, I think it's very interesting because he has uh, – A.J. Green has really good hands. Despite what else he lacks and the productivity that he's had, uh, you know, he's been a very good he, – he's going to be a very good second receiver, and that's going to be very interesting on how Arizona is going to use him. And if, you know, Larry Fitzgerald a couple days ago officially became a free agent, so I wonder if they're going to bring him back another year just to have that kind of wide receiving core. That would be phenomenal if they did. And, of course, here, Isaiah, we'll go back to you again, my man. But I know you had some really some thoughts about the Jaguar stuff. And if you say any hoopla, or if you say anything about the winning division, you'll be kicked out from the stream for tonight. What? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what? Well, first of all, let me say this. The Jaguars are not going to win the division. They're, um, I, I, I'm probably like opposite of John and a couple people on this panel where I actually like the Urban Meyer hire. I like Trevor Lawrence as well, and I think they're going to do good things in Jacksonville. <laughs> but the Jaguars are... But the Jaguars aren't going to win the division this season because, like Sammy said, you're 1-15 the year before and you have to flip the entire roster. You just can't get that all that done in one year time and uh, win the division the next season. Uh, I mean, it would be miraculous if they could do that, but I just don't see it. But I think the Jaguars are going to be like – uh, kind of what the San Diego Padres were for many, many years in the National League West. And that is – yes, and that is being a pest. You know, I, I don't know why I'm using so many baseball analogies because, like, baseball season's coming up, so I'm getting, getting them all ready in my brain. But, you know – 
like back in the 2010s, it was the Giants and the Dodgers that were fighting it out for that division. And you had teams like the Padres and the Rockies that were just being pests and just like making it tough for the top two dogs of that division. I think that's what the Jaguars are going to be. They're going to be tough. Be tough to beat for the tech, the Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. And they're going to make it very um I like these sightings by the Jaguars. You know, Marvin Jones, veteran receiver. You know, you it's great to give a young rookie quarterback like Trevor Lawrence a veteran wide receiver, big body receiver to throw to. So I like that move. Um, Carlos Hyde, um, you know, I don't really think he's going to do that much with the Jaguars because they have James Robinson. So I think he's more relegated to a backup role with the Jaguars, but he could be a mentor. And then um, I think they also signed Philip Dorsett as well. Uh, Philip Dorsett, he's a speedster. He's a guy that can get down the field. So, I mean, I like the signings, but I don't really think they really make an impact uh, in that division for the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are just a couple of years away from really contending. And here's you, here's me, there's you, there. Mind you, folks, when he was with the Jaguars the first time, he wasn't the starter. He was a backup veteran role to a young Leonard Fournette who was drafted not two years before. But I do love the sign. As we kind of continue on with more NFL free agency stuff here on the MI6 Sports Network, one year anniversary special we're gonna go to Callen. i know you're watching in the comments again bears sign any Dalton. now folks i'll give my quick thought here because nobody's gonna like it i don't think it's not a bad signing but at the same time it just shows me how we continue to talk about the dysfunction of the chicago bears my last comment here because we don't have all night to hear my rant like the tom herman Man, Aggie, you're joke of a head coach in the NFL. You shouldn't even be a head coach for Madden. You shouldn't be a head coach for NCAA. You can barely coach your son or daughter's flag football league. The GM needs to be fired. The head coach should be ashamed to show his face to the organization. The head coach should be ashamed to show his face to the fans. You sign Andy Dunn, who I think is a very good quarterback, a very good starter in this league. But then when you have the Packers, and oh my gosh, Andy Dunn, Chicago Bears, y'all are a team that was going to try and trade was never going to be traded into the first place. But my, oh, Sammy, I'll go to you, my man. I know you. we've all talked about a lot of quarterbacks tonight in the past week or two. Y'all talked about on Wild Sports Talk. But what is your initial reaction and thoughts to the Chicago Bears signing Andy Dalton? Is this going to be the same that they have a quarterback carousel here, folks? Or... Is it going to be to where they're going to be in the same situation again and again? Because, like you said, with the Jaguars, it's the same. It's the same organization and it's the same GM. I think that is ridiculous that they signed Dalton over Trubisky. Personally, I thought Trubisky was the better option for the Bears, even over Nick Foles. Nick Foles, right now the Bears are in a predicament. I think that between Nick Foles. And Trubisky, I think Trubisky's not as good as a quarterback as Foles is, but I think Trubisky is better for what the team needs. I think he fits the team better than Foles. And for Andy Dalton, it's basically saying, Nick Foles, it's year to year next year. I'm surprised your Broncos didn't go out and sign Mitch Trubisky personally because, you know, they I, do. Hey, 
Sammy, I said I chose him over Drew Lock. I choose Mr. Trubisky right now for Drew Lock. So I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, he would be a good uh, backup too to Drew Lock in case they do want to uh, transition over. But as I was saying, you know, uh, Bears, I, I do respect Nagy uh, as a coach. They made the playoffs this year, even though they had quarterback dysfunction and they had a dysfunction for the last five weeks of the season. And they did Nagy's first year break out on defense. They had a great, they had a phenomenal defense that year. And he, you know, that we will forget that people forget that the Bears were horrible, a horrible organization before, uh, you know, the new regime that they have right now. Uh, five, 10 years, the last time I can remember them being great, Rex Grossman was the starting quarterback. So that just shows how, you know, how bad they were. And Jay Cutler had a breakout year. Yeah, talking about Jay Cutler does give up some bad memories here. But, Trevor, I really got to go to you, my man. Again, we keep talking about veteran quarterbacks. This goes back to Madden and stuff. We talked about signing veteran quarterbacks. So, more so, my man, what is your initial thoughts on the Chicago Bears signing any Don? Or is this going to give more continued easy ammo for the uh, sorry for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers at the end championship game? I would say the Bears are, like you guys said, are having an identity crisis. They don't know who to start. And you have Nick Foles, been to the Super Bowl, has the experience. Andy Dalton couldn't really get past Wild Card Weekend, yet you sign him as a potential either a starter or a backup. He was just the backup for the Dallas Cowboys. Why would he want to be a backup again? It doesn't make sense. You get rid of Mitchell Trubisky, send him off to somewhere else, and then it's like Andy Dalton's going to either ride the bench again. It's like it's literally he needs to go to a team that needs a quarterback, and like the Denver Broncos makes sense for Andy Dalton to go, and if he wants a starting job, or even Carolina if something happens to Teddy Bridgewater. But at the same time, he wants a starting job, and going to the Bears is not the answer. So it's either it's going to be a quarterback duel up until like week five or week six, but at the same time, I think this is a terrible decision that the Bears are in, unless you're going to try to trade Nick Foles for something else. But it just doesn't make sense for them to go out and sign Andy Dalton at this time. Couldn't agree more here. But, of course, y'all going to the comments before we kind of ask um, Isaiah here because we know kind of how he feels about Trubisky, and I'll give my final thoughts. I've said it. I believe this is Callum writing for the MSX Sports Network. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. Chicago could not go to Nick Foles for that long. Exactly. Had a perfect system with the Philadelphia Eagles. They crushed all of his confidence by bitching him. I agree because I agree with Sammy that maybe this is not popular. I believe he was the better quarterback option. This franchise, who is as old as the NFL, is now expecting and respecting being mediocre. And I will add to that. This is basically a big, fat middle finger to the fans. They spend their money week. After week, after week, to what go eight and eight, and to get a coach where if a senior, a senior citizen could have been a better head coach. But folks, just like they say here, that interview would be right here live on the MSX Sports Network for that one, dude. Twenty twenty, he's gonna be coming up. John Zagel will be joining the show April third, twelve thirty p.m. Central Standard Time. There will be three interviews that day: one at nine a.m., one at twelve thirty, and one at three thirty p.m. But it's gonna be a lot of fun. But I really think okay. Trading Foles for the Bears in 2021 after the contract here. I agree because, of course, Foles wasn't going to be a long-term or two- to three-year option. 
for the Chicago Bulls. They traded a fifth round pick. I told people for the Eagles, I gave them free advice. You don't have to pay me. Keep Nick Foles. Let Carson Wentz run out his rookie contract. And Nick Foles had the perfect system, had the offense line, had the defense, running back, receiver, tight end, whatever you want to say. But, folks, Mitchell Trubisky, I would have loved welcoming in arms, unlike Isaiah, to the Denver Broncos to smell the now. And, man, oh, man, it's been definitely interesting. We're going to two more NFL free agents here. The New York Giants, Isaiah, make a big move, which is a surprise, but not really because a lot of people are demanding it. It has a lot of rumors. Kenny Galladay gets signed by the New York Giants. My, your initial thoughts on this and more so, how does this affect the Giants going into 2021? Because remember, Saquon Barkley comes back from an ACL tear, so those are not going to be the same. He might not be 100%, and if he is, how does this help with Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones took a dive last year without Saquon Barkley. Well, let me get to the uh, the Andy Dalton signing before I get into the Kenny Galladay one. So, first of all, I'm going to refrain from talking any smack about Callan's Bears and laughing at the Bears for signing uh, Andy Dalton because I know, and history has shown this consistently, that when I talk trash about, you know, whether it's Callan's Bears or John's Broncos or uh, any of, like, our MI6. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. One, two, three. Ah! But anytime I talk, you know, any mess about any of their teams, somehow, some way, the karma always bites me in the butt. And, you know, yes, I was laughing at, you know, Callens uh, last week for signing, or for his Bears for signing Andy Dalton and John's Broncos for being stuck with Drew Locke. And what happened? I get a notification on the, my phone. Joe Flacco is visiting the San Francisco 49ers. So the 49ers always have to give me that hold my beer meme that is floating around. But as far as this signing is concerned, I think the Bears front office panicked. I think they panicked and then they settled because, like, like you guys saw, that was reported. They tried to get um, Matthew Stafford. Nope, Rams got him. They tried to get Carson Wentz. What happened? Colts got him. They offered like the farm, three first round picks, a third round pick, plus Khalil Mack, and I believe Roquan Smith as well in that deal to try to get Russell Wilson. Seahawks declined, and they tried to get another quarterback as well. And that team either you know, traded him to another team or that team declined the trade. The Bears front office struck out on every single one of their top options and then they had to settle for Andy Dalton. And you didn't even have to give Andy Dalton $10 million. No team out there would have given Andy Dalton $10.5 five million dollars there was no way that anybody was going to give andy dalton 10.5 million dollars so the bears they felt like they struck out they panicked and then they paid every single uh, or paid andy dalton 10.5 million dollars just to tell the fans oh my gosh we have a quarterback it was a stupid signing and now the bears are stuck with one andy dalton but about the kenny galladay signing <laughs> Let me say this. 
I like the signing for the Giants, but I don't like the signing for Kenny Galladay because I think that New York, they run a very run-heavy conservative offense led by their offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, who was the offense or was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And, and last season, the Giants, I know Saquon Barkley was missing, but their offense was horrible. Their offense was horrible. They didn't have a lot of aggressive passing plays uh, in their offense. It was just run, 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 and then throw short passes on third down. Kenny Galladay is not going to thrive in New York. This is a really bad signing. Jason Garrett should have never been the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants. I don't know what Joe Judge was doing bringing him in. I think the reason why he, they brought him in was because Jason Garrett is buddy buddies with Dave Gettleman. Uh, that's why you never hire your friends. You never hire your friends. It was just... <laughs> it was a stupid hire. One, two, three. Ah! It was a stupid hire to begin with. And as long as Jason Garrett is there in New York, Kenny Galladay is not going to get a lot of touches. He's not going to get a lot of you know yards. And I expect him to request out of New York in about two years. I'll let Sammy kind of give kind of hit thoughts or uh, thoughts, but my quick thing is that Kenny Galladay, I would have loved to have him either on a one or two year deal type of thing. But I'll just say you could have gone to Washington. I understand maybe they don't have a quarterback, but they have the money. But this obviously shows that, in my opinion, and this is not a flack on him. You can have any type of priority that you want, my man. If you just want to get paid, you pay it fairly. I will never know flack of that at all. The problem is, or not the problem, or the situation is that he shows that he cares more about getting paid than winning a Super Bowl or continuing to the playoffs. Again, that's not. I'm not going to blame him at all. I'm not mad. I mean, that's your priority. What you think is the best? Mi Six Sports Network says. Calladay was offered a contract for the Bears. I don't blame him for not signing with that franchise at this rate. Couldn't agree more because remember, Allen Robinson is getting $18 million on that franchise tag this year. David Montgomery could be gone. Nick Foles could be gone. Uh, obviously, Mitch Jabrisky is with the Buffalo Bills now. So many uncertainty things here. And then, of course, to say, Dr. Ted Vicky would love to be with you about hiring your friends. Jerry Jones, you should know about this. All I have to say is the word sleepover. But folks, as we move on to the last free agent here that we want to talk about before I let Isaiah take over the march, and this here is I'm speechless on this one. I'm beyond frustrated. The Denver Broncos signed Ronald Darby and Kendall Floyd, which is, I believe is a phenomenal signing on defense. Again, great corner. We needed the corners. I agree with that. But I'll let Trevor get onto this here because I know that he is dying to hear about their talk about the different Broncos, his least favorite team in the NFL. All jokes aside, just kidding, my man. But what are your thoughts on Ronald Darby and Kendall Fuller signing with the Denver Broncos? And is this really the Denver Broncos just putting so much ammo into their defense because they're in denial maybe? about Drew Locke, and is he ready next year to be the starter? 
In my opinion, Drew Locke is not ready to be a starter. People, I think he's a bridge Thank quarterback. You. Isaiah, you can't say anything when you said Josh Rosen was the guy. You said um, uh, Nick Mullins was the guy. You disowned him, and Nick Mullins blocked you on LinkedIn. Assemble. Isaiah, as a friendly reminder, my man, you picked the Denver Broncos to win the AFC Western Division title, buddy. And you said you said CJ Beathard, Dick Mullins, Josh Rosen, and Joe Pacosines. You'll get a jersey of him too. So really, don't give me a bunch or any of this malarkey. Trevor, I'll give it to you. I apologize, my man. But what are your thoughts on this and how is this really in denial? Like you said, Drew Locke is clearly not ready to be a starter. And Isaiah, don't say a word because you said a bunch of different quarterbacks. And remember, Nick Mullins talked to you on LinkedIn. I think in reality, it's really hard to see what the different Broncos are trying to do. They, there are so many missing pieces that they need, and it's going to come down how they play out the draft. Are they going to try to build up like offensive weapons for Drew Luck to use? But I just – I don't think it's going to be the case. They're going to try to build up a defense and then they're just going to like not win games. And they're going to be like, you know, five and 11, you know, four and 12 for a couple years. And then they're just waiting for them for like that great legendary quarterback. And Elway will be like saying, let's go get this guy. And now you're going to have like a, a former Heisman trophy winner in that picture or a runner up leading the Denver Broncos. And then they go offensive heavy and they're, and then their defense is going to be a, like somewhat elite because they built it up over the last, you know, two to three years. And, you know, they're going to try to do a playoff push. But then you have the Kansas City Chiefs. And now the Chargers are starting to reload. And the and the Raiders are starting to build up something as well. So it's like you're, start going, you're going to start to run in the, I guess I would say, more of a wall in that division because these teams are now reloading the challenge of Kansas City Chiefs. And you have to do something to prevent yourself from getting blown out in that division now. Couldn't agree more. And Christy, I agree. I, I never said they have an identity. They don't, Christy. You can apologize. I'm, I'm with you on that one. John Elway is the part of the problem. Three-time Super Bowl loss. Three times. So, folks, the Denver Broncos really don't have an identity. But, Sammy... I will go to you, my man, because I know you definitely would have some good thoughts on this. Is Denver Broncos signed another defensive player, but don't have the offensive line and still don't have the quarterback. What are your thoughts on signing? And it's just really delaying the inevitable or in denial about who their quarterback is for the Denver Broncos. I think they're stuck in 2015. The Denver Broncos are. They still think they still have the top defense, and they still think they're building with Brock Osweiler. You know, having a breakout year. They still think that's all is going on. Still, uh, I think they need to move on from the GM that they have and director of player personnel that they have right now, and they need to find someone who's willing to go out and give them an offensive line and give the quarterback at least tools to work with. You know, uh, I was watching Jerry Judy his first game. He dropped four, three or four passes. That were right to him, you know. These these were simple passes that he was even making in college. I don't know what happened to him. 
you know, he's good. Not only is Drew Locke not getting help, but he's not looking that good. So you have a bad, you have a bad combination there. And, you know, defensively, they still want to keep on building the defense as if they just keep on building defense as if that's the only way to win. You know, you're not – even though you shut down a person, if you allow them 10 points, you're not scoring any points on your side. So, you know, you're still losing games that way. Uh, you know, I, I guess they're still competitive because – what were they, 7-9 and nine last year? They're 6-10, and 10, something like they were that. They're 6-10, yes. Yeah, they're 6-10, and 10, so they're still somewhat competitive, even though their offense is horrible. But I think that they need to move on from the current uh, front office that they have right now. Couldn't agree more, my man. Denver Broncos, they're going back to 2015 here because it's just like a relationship. You have some good years in the country. Now they went through a divorce or you went your separate ways. And this is not 2015, John Elway. You're like, hey, 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 how's it going? John Elway, three times Super Bowl loss. I mean, my gosh, this is – you are in denial just like Isaiah was with Nick Bones before he blocked him or got blocked, so blocked by <laughs> – But correction here, folks, before I go to Isaiah, Keen Slovis was the one that blocked you on LinkedIn, and you finally disowned him. But your thoughts. But Isaiah. I'm going to say it right now. Forget drafting a quarterback this year. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, I want you to Yo. listen to me right now. Stick stick with Nick Mullins as the bridge quarterback, and let's tank next season so we can draft Keaton Slovis. Because Keaton Slovis, I keep saying this every time we talk about USC, this kid is going to be the number one pick in That's 2022. This kid, this kid is so good. He's got a great arm. He's got great footwork. He's got great pocket awareness. And most importantly, he is just so calm and collective no matter the situation. This kid, I believe right now, I'm going to go on the air and say this. It might be probably the worst thing I've ever said, but I don't care. I'm going to go on the air regardless and say this. This kid is going to be the best quarterback to come out of USC ever. He's going to be the best quarterback. So, Mr. Merman, where that video came from, but your thoughts, Isaiah, with the Denver Broncos, you don't be talking no hoopla. If you say anything that is crazy, you will be blocked from tonight's stream. So watch yours. Remember, Colin is always watching. Trevor's watching. Sammy's watching. And I'm definitely watching Mr. Four Eyes. But the question is, are you ready? First of all, the Broncos are not in denial. The reason why they made these moves and they put all their stock on their, their defense, it's because they have a defensive-minded coach in Vic Fangio. And like Sammy said, the Broncos still think the strength of their team is defense, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to win with a great defense. They're trying to get back to 20 15. So that's why the Broncos did this. They did this, you know, Vic Fangio, I guarantee you, wanted George Payton, the new general manager, to get him a bunch of defensive, like great defensive pieces because he knows if he doesn't win this season, Vic Fangio will be fired either in the middle of the season or at the end of the season. So he put all the stock onto the defense because he knows, you know, 
He wants to win with defense. So I don't think that the Broncos are in denial. I just think that the Broncos, this is their identity, and they're not going to move away from it. Um, I like the signing of Kendall Fuller. I like the signing of Ronald Darby. If Ronald Darby stays healthy, that's that's the biggest issue with him because he hasn't he he played you know one season one full season last season. And he was good, but. You know, he's a good corner, but went healthy. That's his biggest issue. Uh, and the Broncos, you know, they have a bunch of corners that also are injury prone. You talk about Bryce Callahan. You know, I like Bryce Callahan, but the, the issue with him is he doesn't stay on the field. Um, you know, and then you look at Philip Lindsay. John, I think the reason why Denver released Philip or, yeah, they parted ways with Philip Lindsay is because, like, him and Melvin Gordon cannot – coexist they just can't you know they both need to either be alphas on their team so that's why they did it uh what i have, gone have to signed him in the first place would i have gone to the texans if i was philip Lindsay? probably not because you're not gonna win there and the texans have like so many running backs at their disposal so you're basically leaving denver and not even going to a better situation so um you know i just i like what the broncos have done this offseason uh, I like the Darby move. I like the Fuller move. I wish my Niners would have nabbed Fuller before your uh, your Denver Broncos did. But I want to see what Denver does in the draft uh, in terms of getting a quarterback uh, to either replace Drew, Drew Locke or give him some competition because that's their biggest issue right now. It's that quarterback position. And I'm surprised they didn't either go get a Trubisky. They didn't go get a Winston. They didn't get a Ryan Fitzpatrick or someone that could, a veteran that could come in and give Drew Locke some competition. I really thought that that was what Denver was going to do this offseason. Big fan just should have been fired. I already had a rant about this last year with the MI6 sports now but of course go to kind of move on to march madness as we continue on the one year anniversary show right here on the mi6 sports network of course yeah christian wilson says the bears don't have a denny sarge on unfortunately yes christian wilson casey casey king comes in to say isaiah again drew luck is not a starting quarterback wherever he goes currently agree yes john ellie's the main problem with the broncos He's a horrible deck. Agree more, Casey King. Christy Wilson says, yes, John Elway's, or the Broncos may not be in denial, as Isaiah says, but John Elway definitely is. Casey King says, Isaiah, you're going too far. Slovis is not the best quarterback to come out of USC. Ask Mike Liner, ask Carson Palmer, who was on my show last year. Said we were Carson Palmer and Matt Liner, Ronnie P, McDonald, Mark Sanchez, who are way better than King Slovis. I mean, you can talk about Slovis all he wants, but it's not like he can actually talk to him because he was talked by him on LinkedIn. But Isaiah, I'll go to you, my man, for the March Madness topics. All right. Thank you, John. So March Madness is underway in Indianapolis. We've had so many upsets so far in the first round of this tournament. And the first game that we got to get into is the Oral Roberts-Ohio State game that happened yesterday. How about new? With the 15th seeded Oral Roberts Golden Eagles beating the Ohio State Buckeyes and taking down the Buckeyes by a final score of 75 to 72. I know my fellow uh, OSU compadres, they want to rant and vent about this topic. So, Trevor, the floor is yours. Take all the time that you need. I'm trying to look for a box of tissues, but I apparently don't have one because I was going to give it to you. 
No, Isaiah, because you ran out of your box of tissues when your teams lose all the time. So, you know, it's pretty reasonable at that Ooh. point. <laughs> but the floor is yours, Trevor. Go ahead. All right. It's basically Ohio State really just got played out this game. Like, they missed key free throws on the, like, tail end of the game. And you have 16 turnovers. You don't deserve to be, like, the number two seed in March Madness with 16 turnovers. And a team that shouldn't even be in the same gym as you, number one. And you kind of let yourself down. And you let them even take you into overtime, which makes it even worse that you let the loss happen. I understand, you know, the number two team in March Madness has lost in previous years. So it's nothing new. And, like, there was a stretch where a 15C kept upsetting the number two seed almost, like, every year it seemed like, which is a bit of a head-scratcher, but it's just, like, March Madness, anything can happen, and you just have to get hot at the right time, and it forms those perfect, weird Cinderella stories. People had Ohio State go into the Elite Eight, and maybe they got knocked off at some point in time, or going all the way to the Final Four, or maybe even winning the whole thing. But at the same time... It was just heartbreaking to just watch. And just like this team had so much potential to do something deep in a in this tournament. And it came out flat and just let so many people down. And it just started breaking the bracket apart. And later tonight, to even make matters worse, I'll, I'll start ranting about Texas. Texas has fallen as well. And there's no more perfect brackets that I've seen on ESPN. It is gone. It's gone out the window. And now it's like, what's going to happen now for the rest of this tournament? I'm still leading in the MI6 bracket in first place, but I don't know how much that's going to last at this rate. So that will kind of conclude my rant. This March Madness has gotten spicy, and there's been some lower seeds making some havoc. Can the lower seeds eliminate some of the top seeds and make this bracket even worse? Well, that's what this season is in college basketball. You know, it's the most unpredictable season ever in college basketball. You have the Blue Bloods, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky. They're all struggling. Uh, some of them aren't even in the tournament. So this is going to be one of the most wildest tournament we've ever seen uh, in NCAA history. But, Sammy, I'm going to go to you on this. I know you watched that game yesterday from start to finish what was your thoughts about oral roberts coming in and upsetting the ohio state buckeyes well you know the nc tournament ncaa tournament the the best team doesn't always win you know kentucky in 2015-2016 was 30 oh 38-0 going into the game against wisconsin and lost and you know when it comes to the tournament it's survive in advance that's the uh, famous uh, saying when it comes to NCAA tournament because, you know, the best team doesn't always win. You're, it's better to be lucky than to be bad, good. And the thing with Ohio State, uh, you know, they were not knocking down the free throws. They made were 9 for 18. If they were, uh, you know, 15 for 18, they would win that game, which is crazy to think about. And then you have Dwayne Washington who got cold, ice cold in the late in the second half. And then you had Liddell, who, you know, I don't know if any of you guys played 2K, but you go into the park, you know, you play threes, and then you get this one center who has the whole team on him, and he refuses to kick it out to an open three. No, he has to take it back up. That's what Liddell kept on doing. He kept on trying to take it back up. He, it was four people on him, 
And he was like, all right, I'll just throw it back up, you know, completely contest, uh, you know, instead of not kicking it out, letting it easy three. You know, that could have that could have gave Ohio State another probably 15, 20 points if he would have done that because how many times he did that. But, um, you know, uh, Ohio State wasn't knocking down their free throws. Uh, I think Oral Roberts was perfect on theirs. Those are huge components. Then you have Oral Roberts, who played extremely hard going into that game, that first half and middle of the second half. Ohio State, really, I think the, t- the team uh, overlooked Oral Roberts. They were not expecting to this to be a uh, you know a dog fight going in, and they were expecting to play Florida next round. I think that's really what the team was looking at. Uh, I'm really surprised personally and seeing Chris Holtman left that, but what are you going to do? You know, it's the NCAA, it's March madness. Something like this is bound to happen. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and the MI6 sports network writes it doesn't matter what seed you are. Turnovers and missed free throws will kill you. Every game cannot agree more with that. And also Christy Wilson says, I don't see Oral Roberts being the Cinderella team of this tournament this year. I mean, we'll see, you know, like I said, this is going to be the most unpredictable tournament that we've seen in our lifetime but you know i want to give my quick thoughts on this before we you know go to the one year or the mi6 one year memory segment and you know i uh, how about new ohio state came out flat they were lackluster in the first half and they overlooked oral roberts and when you're in the ncaa tournament when you overlook an opponent it always comes back to bite you. And that's what happens in this basketball game. And like Sam, like Sammy said, it was the free throws. Or Roberts was, I believe, almost perfect from the free throw line. They were one of the best shooting free throw shooting teams in all of college basketball this entire year. And Ohio State, they just couldn't miss or they just couldn't make their free throws. And it's what ended up costing them. You got to do the little things. But uh and MI6 writes in, all brackets on ESPN.com are not perfect. That's actually not true. Your boy right here has the lone perfect bracket in America. No, no, no. You're switching it as it happens, Isaiah. Just stop it. You're switching it as the games unfold and say, guys, I had the perfect bracket, guys. No, Isaiah, no, just stop. Your bracket's not perfect. Are we sh- I've had a perfect bracket for the last six years, and I'm still waiting for six but going wait, wait, into who, our, what did you say uh, why did what what you got blocked by Kane Slovis? I thought he was gonna be your your prom date or something but I don't know what happened my man he blocked you or ghosted no you but going into our final sports oh you had plenty of comments about it the you know what MI6 I mean? uh before we get into the MI6 memory segment and that is you know, what is your guys' biggest takeaways so far from the tur- from the entire tournament throughout the first couple of days of the tournament? Sammy, I'll go to you on this first. Uh, what is your biggest takeaway from the first two days? Uh, you know, I always like to see the uh, how they play against each other, how, the how you know, certain game plans attack other game plans. What I'm learning a lot more is that the pack line defense that Virginia runs is starting to get outdated. And the more and more basketball and more and more years that pass on the three pointer is uh, more included into the basketball game, how more outdated it is and how fluky uh, the last championship run has been seeming how they won 
this this year they lost the first round. Last year they won the national championship, and the year before they were the first one seed to get knocked out by the 16 seed. So we're seeing more and more of how the basketball is changing for towards the three point game, even in college. It was just the pros the past couple of years, but we're now seeing it in college. Excellent point, Sammy. How about you, Trevor? Uh, you've watched the tournament a lot the last couple of days. What would you say is your biggest takeaway from the first round of the NCAA tournament? I like that Rutgers took care of business with Syracuse, so I'm proud with Rutgers on that. But I've been watching my bracket bust left and right. And just looking at, like, to, in reality, I was able to get, like, the West and South almost nearly perfect for, like, like week, I guess, the first couple days, I only ended up screwing with Virginia losing to Ohio, and then it would be Purdue and Ohio State screwing up the other part of the bracket. But the West is my almost quote-unquote perfect bracket if Virginia didn't lose. So, you know, it's always the real goal is to always have like the first, you know, week or one of the brackets done perfectly. But at the same time, I'm just trying to win the MI6 bracket so I can finally be crowned king of the table i've been close every i guess season so far in pigskin pickums for you know the mi6 in the nfl season i came up short and then in the um nfl playoffs i finished in second again but came up short so i've been pretty bitter about not being able to claim my throne as a king of pickums but just as i progress further in looking at my own bracket it's just there's just some things I, I thought were going to go the other way. For example, like Colorado and Georgetown. I thought Georgetown was going to pull up the upset, and I just thought Colorado was just way, ranked way too high. I thought LSU was going to lose in the 8-9 and nine battle. Um, continue with my other parts of the bracket. San Diego State, you know, every now and then they have a good team. They, they float around between, like, a 12 to a 7 seed. <laughs> Yes, Callan, that is for you. But Oregon got a buy because of COVID, so it's like you know, free win. I feel bad for all the people who picked the other school, VCU. You know that that's not fair. You, your bracket busted because of that. I don't think that's right. <laughs> I know. I see you in the private chat, Callan. I, I I I can see it's it's definitely not for you. But I'm sorry. <laughs> But, you know, I still have my, my crowning winner in Gonzaga winning it all. So I'm going to ride and dive with the Bulldogs all the way to the national championship game. Trevor, you forgot one thing that you are in right now that you are vying for, and that is the MI6 March Madness Hot Takes Bracket National Champion, which is going on right now on Twitter. We have a lot of polls going on right now, so if you guys want, go on Twitter and vote. But uh, cat, let's put put the camera on me. Where, where is it? Put yeah, put the camera on me. My biggest takeaway from this NCAA tournament, besides the fact that this is going to be the most wildest tournament we've ever seen in our life, is that it this the first couple of days have reaffirmed what I've been saying all along. Avengers! Assemble. 
Ladies are you ready? And that is that Isaiah Lee Young never filled out a bracket to partake in the MI6 Sports Network's ESPN.com bracket challenge where I am in dead last place, but this guy has the nerve to run his mouth that one of his 120 different universities is going to win this tournament. Isaiah, no. Next topic. <laughs> Isaiah has the highest chance to win the tournament, though, with all his favorite teams, Calendo. Michigan for the natty. You know it. How about new? If another but, team wins it, you're going to be like, oh, I was so sold on them the whole time. Isaiah. Isaiah loses again. What? Oh, my God. But moving on to our one-year memories segment here on the program. You guys know this is our MI6 Sports Network one-year special. We thank all of you guys that have tuned in uh, throughout the entire show. Really appreciate you guys. But this is our one-year anniversary. We started this network on March 20th, 2020 with when me, Ryan, Trevor. Isaiah, can you at least read the comments first? <laughs> but, sorry about that, but we're all over the place tonight, guys. But uh, our MI6 Sports Network says survive in advance and don't give up. Don't ever give up. Maybe the single greatest pieces of advice ever given to anybody. Thank you, Coach Jim Balvano, for those words. Rest in peace to him. Uh, Casey King, college basketball dynasties are over and it's been over the last few years. March Madness is wide open and anything can happen these days. Totally agree with you on that. Uh, biggest takeaways from the MI6 Sports Network, Syracuse's 2-3 defensive zone is still giving teams trouble. Totally agree. That's why they annihilated San Diego State yesterday. Uh, James Gonzalez, the tourney, has been fun so far. Ohio State and Texas are the biggest losers and christy wilson i don't do brackets i stink at same them. here christy i, I stink at them like i did doesn't pick in the team for football oh Go ahead, I, I, I realize you know one year i should do my march madness brackets off of fortune cookies and you have those like those lucky numbers and just like circle those different numbers <laughs> that i get to build my bracket <laughs> <laughs> I One year I'm going to make a second bracket that doesn't see how well I did. Hey, Trevor, when you do that, notify me. Let's do that together. That'll be so much fun. No, but, you, didn't, you didn't fill out the bracket for MI6 when you signed up. So, no, don't even give me that hope. But moving on to our final segment of the night and the segment that is really, you know, what, where you guys, what you guys came here for. And that was, that is our... Six one year memories segment, and you know, like I said earlier, March 20th, 2020 will live in history forever as the day the MI6 Sports Network began. And it began when me, Steven, Trevor, Ryan sat down on the table because we were bored out of our minds from the quarantine, and we Started sitting down, did a Zoom call, and just streamed it on Facebook and said, why not? Let's do that more and more and more. It was so fun. But that's how the MI6 Sports Network started. But, man, it's been one year. One year has gone by so quick. 
But the question that we have, you know, or not the question, but the topic that we have for this segment, first topic is what are some, you know, what are some uh, thoughts or things that you have learned during this one year special or the one year of podcasting? And I'm going to start with this, you know, I just hope I don't get emotional while saying this, but, you know, um, You know, this MIC. Here's you, here's me. There's you, there. What the f- are you looking at? And Christy Wilson comes in with, I, I'll bet most of this network's moments will involve Isaiah saying crazy stuff. Well, 99% of them anyways. Well, that's Christy. That's why we didn't do a compilation video of our top moments because majority of them would be my hot takes or moments on this network. But, you know, I want to say this, you know, this network has been very special, uh, not just to me, but to all of us, um, you know, 2020, did not go like did not go the right way for everybody. It was filled with so much sadness, so much, you know, depression, anger, a lot of difficulties. And, you know, that happened to me as well. And this network really not only saved me from like or helped shield me from that, but it also um it helped me find my path in life. You know, I I, I was lost the last four years and I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. I always wanted to, you know, do something in sports, whether it's, you know, being a GM of a team, being a coach of a team, uh, playing maybe, uh, but I, I didn't have the athletic skills also, uh, or, you know, doing sports media. And I didn't know which one I wanted to do. And I just kept sitting there wasting time, wasting my life away. And, you know, watching Emma. After starting this podcast on March 20th and, you know, throughout the journey that we've been on, it's really helped me find out what I really want to do. And that is I want to, you know, be in sports media. This sports media industry is the path that I want to take to to fulfill my passion in sports and be a career. And, you know, it's really helped me big time. And it's also you know, helped me build a lot of friendships and a lot of bonds that would never have happened if this MI6 Sports Network was never started. Um, And it's just been one of the best, you know, chapters of my life. And, you know, I want to thank everybody for their hard work, you know, truly mean that. Um, I want to thank, you know, Put put that screen put that uh put that screen with everybody. I'm getting I'm getting kind of misty eyed right now, man. I hey, yeah. do you want to change it? You need your tissues back, Isaiah. I, I'm getting kind of wear like a diaper because about to wear You know, I want to thank you know Stephen obviously for starting this and doing all the stuff that he does backstage. Um, I want to thank you know Trevor for doing no BS with me every Fridays. You know. Uh, that show we started because we kept talking on the phone during the COVID quarantine and we kept just having, you know, great debates. And then one day we were like, hey, why not turn into a show? And that's what we did. And, you know, No BS has been the second highest watched show on the network. Uh, John Alcorn, you know, me and John, I don't think we've I think we've only agreed like twice in the two years or in, yeah, 
no, in the one year of the network history, uh, anytime we agree, we agree on something, you might, you should. Four or you know, five years it took. Time. Anytime me and John agree on something, you should pop the confetti because that's how rare that happens. But, you know, it's been great working with or him. Or get a Jack and Coke. Uh, you know, and, you know, Callan as well. For all because i'm like getting misty-eyed right now but uh i want to thank callan as well you know uh when you know me and well, when john mathis started this or gave us this idea of doing wild sports talk together i really was hesitant because i didn't know who callan was and i wasn't comfortable you know doing podcasts with someone that i didn't really know disclaimer isaiah you, told you, me you, he Disclaimer, Isaiah told me he thought I was part of a motorcycle gang in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to mention that, that actually, he had the backwards hack and everything. That. He thought you were, that. He, out of all people, he thought you were the goofball. <laughs> I thought, so, funny story before I continue. Callan had a profile picture be funny. on Facebook that was, I think his hat was backwards and he was drinking some beer or whatever. And for some reason, I took that, I took a look at that photo and thought that he was like part of a motorcycle gang and he worked at Harley Davidson and whatever. But, one uh, you know, Callan, I want to thank you, you know, for all you've done, you know, not just for this network, but for me as well. You know, I, I don't know if I told you this, but every time before we do no BS, wild sports talk or even uh interviews i go back to previous episodes and i watched how you did the show and how you introduced it and how you you know transitioned everything and you know i write everything down make sure or not write everything down but like write it down and have it kind of like a teleprompter that i kind of read off so thanks for that uh, but you know, and also Sammy as well, you know, me and Sammy, we've been doing wild sports talk for, you know, the last month, month and a half. And, you know, it's been so much fun to do the show with him, uh, Martin, as well for the website that he created. Uh, Shri, I know he couldn't be here today, but I want to thank him for all his work that he does for the network as well. Uh, also, Lorenzo, uh, one of our new members on the network. Uh, it was so much fun having him with me and Sammy for the Dan O'Dowd interview. Um, and he's been a great addition to wild sports talk. And man, I'm trying to think, I keep feeling like I'm forgetting someone. I don't want to leave anybody out, but Oh, Furman as well. Furman too, for, uh, you know, doing, for doing no BS with me ever. And, you know, just having like so much fun with us, man, my eyes are getting so misty. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish this, but the Bad Body Works store is right around the corner, buddy. It's just been a great journey. Um, it's been a lifesaver. And, you know, one year down and many more years to come. There. I finished it. I finished it. And now I got to go grab After, I'm about to say, you're about to go off camera here. So now that you're not the host here, um, I'll let, of course, Trevor go. Because I know he's kind of been here since the beginning here, my man. When you first did the videos with like the no BS and the captain or the captain can't shirt. What were your thoughts on this? Did you really think that this is just going to be a thing? We do one or two episodes or where did you see in your opinion, uh, doing this show with our, with our little sister right here? 
like when I first started this, I thought it was like passing time in quarantine because there was nothing really else better to do. And we were all thinking like, oh, by the time we reach the summer, things would be back to normal. This thing would have been long gone. No one would remember that we did it. And we all look back on it and be like saying, oh, we did podcasting for like two to three months. And I never really thought that we would be here a year later still doing what we're doing at this point with an amazing fan base with all the weird wacky moments that we have from Isaiah going on a pina colada, ordering it live on air. I did not know that was going to happen, and I was taking my take, and it just happened. So I just busted it out straight out laughing. It's like you could not like choreograph anything else better on the show. It all happens naturally. Nothing's really scripted besides some of Isaiah's rants, but I digress at that point. though. But it's just been a fun experience to the point where it's like, we had amazing guests to come on, like you know, like Mark Medina. I remember that you know interview. We had we were just sitting. I was working out at the time, and it was just like Isaiah was like chatting with Mark Medina, going back and forth. And he gets like a message, like, "Can you do it within an hour?" We didn't have a script ready or anything, and we literally had like the MI6 crew at the time just to throw up something together real quick to do like almost a forty-five minute interview, and we pulled it off. It was probably one of our biggest successful interviews for at least probably like three or four months until we had more extravaganzas and just adding more parts to and adding other guests. So it was just a nice long time coming. I just can't wait to what the future brings to the MI6 Sports Network. And the more I think about it, it's just like, you know, what other wacky takes that we're going to get? Like who else we're going to add on? How is our network going to double in size in year two instead of the MI6 or the MI12 where we can do like, you know, a pickup game of basketball game against each other? Something interesting. And as the team continues to expand, we can have like soccer or baseball or kickball. The list goes on and on. And it's like the MI6 becomes a little big, happy family. And I just can't wait for all the different sports addings that we can do in the future because once COVID goes away and everyone has their vaccines, I'm calling it. We're going to have the MI6 Masters. And we're going to play mini golf and get the green jackets for those who can win the MI6 Masters opening at mini golf, ladies and gentlemen. So stay tuned for that when COVID is gone and everyone has their vaccines. Isaiah, you want me to do it or do you still, are you still watching the Hallmark movie? Go ahead. Okay, Sammy, I'll go to you, my man, because I know you haven't had a chance to talk in a while, but you've been here for a bit doing the things that you're doing and handling Isaiah, which is already two full-time jobs, and I used to work with kids for many years here. But when you kind of joined here, obviously you knew Isaiah for a bit. We're really thought, hey, we're going to join Wild Sports Talk, Wild Sports Talk, and we're to see where this could go potentially for the future. Well, you know, I've been uh, very grateful on the opportunity to come. Uh, I remember Isaiah asked me a while ago, and, you know, I took the opportunity to take a chance. And I've enjoyed my time, you know, being on Wild Sports Talk. I've enjoyed, you know, uh, interviewing uh, O'Dowd. I haven't been in any other – many other interviews so far. But I'm hoping to uh, be in more, you know. And, you know, just having a good time. And, uh, you know, it's just, I've been in sports media for a long time, for not a long time, but a few years now. And I'm glad that I'm opening up to this side of the sports media as far as podcasting and stuff like that. And, and meeting people like Callen 
uh, meeting people like uh, John Alcorn, you know, Isaiah, Stephen, and Trevor, you know, the people in the uh, group chat, Furman, you know, I'm happy that I'm meeting all you guys and, uh, you know, hoping for more years. Unlike Kyra with Delta here, uh, of course, Callan, you've been here for a while, it's been a lot more work than I could ever do or ever imagine. When you kind of joined over after what you heard with mainstream media and all that, all that stuff, what do you what did you really think about? Hey, I'm going to join Wild Sports Talk, and where did you kind of see that this could potentially go? Well, first of all, it's nice to see you all on camera for first time in a bit. I know I popped in on John's one year anniversary a couple months ago, and as you guys know, I've been obviously away from MI6 with you know jobs and stuff like that. But hopefully, I'll be back uh, within the next couple of months. Maybe is what the targeted targeted date is Our right sooner. now. Hopefully. Or or sooner. I, I see your name, Alcorn. I, I'm caught in the nerves right now, but uh, but in all okay. but in all seriousness, though, and I I've uh, I think I've said this a lot of times, uh, gents, over the past year. I mean, it's hard to believe though that you you know, for me, when for example, when 12:01 a.m. hits the next morning, and I'm still wide awake, and I check my Facebook memories, it's all becoming like a blur now that where we once were a year ago this time of the year when I really wasn't, uh, you know, obviously I was in the middle of a, you know, another year of college athletics, pro hockey, indoor soccer and pro lacrosse. And to have your entire world stop in the middle of a season, in the middle of that grind. And, you know, and I usually average about, I'd say 140, 180 events per year, uh, from August till May, June, depending on how late into the uh, postseason hockey does go. And that could be into, you know, first part of June, if not mid-June. And to have that avalanche stop, like abruptly, and thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? And for a bit there after, you know, kind of like the initial wave, and I wrote this actually the one year, like the exact one year of my season stopping, you know, I had a podcast interview, shout out DJ Shauna from the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to, you know, throw that name out there as often as I can. But, you know, we had a podcast interview that morning. I went to work baseball at USD that night. And as the game is going on, you hear the rumblings and then the news and then the breaking story on ESPN from Woj. Hey, Pelic, you know, the uh, jazz game in Oklahoma City postponed Rudy Gobert testing positive for COVID. Then you have the Kings and Pelicans game postponed because of abundance of caution. And all of us in the press box looking around like, wow, this is how it's going to end. And then sure enough, next day, phone calls, emails, you know, just getting, you know, being on all day, you know, emailing this boss, emailing that boss. Hey, we're canceled. We're postponed. We're shut down. And then the realization, though, of like the confusion at first, then the shock, like, wow, this is how it's going to end. To what Isaiah alluded to, maybe the, you know, I jumping off the cliff, you know, anxiety, the stress levels, the depression, the heavy drinking, as I, you know, spilled uh, a couple days ago last week, you know, I've, you know, my alcohol consumption had gone through the roof over the course of that year, you know, and I said that to a couple of uh, coworkers uh, tonight. And then as the next week comes in, uh, Bo Doran, a, a local San Diego DJ who I've worked with with uh, pro soccer, indoor soccer, and pro lacrosse, saying, 
hey, we're going to start this Facebook group for, you know, uh, 24 hour programming to keep all of us that were that are out of jobs, you know, somewhat entertained. We'd like to have you be the sports guy. So like in a way, I kind of got back to sports podcasting after years of being away or for a couple years being away. Uh, March, I think 23rd was my first day working for the quarantine network. And, you know, I would come on about 1145 every morning for about 15 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, just kind of like update people like, hey, just so you know, the masters is being postponed. This is being pushed back. And but then, though, as you kind of see things kind of come back to fruition and come back to play like, OK, NHL's coming back. Baseball's coming back. The NBA's coming back. The NFL is going to start operation. So that was kind of what I was doing for a bit, though. And then, uh, God bless his soul, but uh, John Mathis reached out to me in May saying, you know, hey, I've been following you for a bit. I'd love to do a podcast with you, you know. And he was kind of in a way, like, not very, like, super, like, uh, I wouldn't, you know, like, super, like, you know, poke me on the shoulder every day, but like every so often, like, hey, man, can we do this? Can we do this? And I'm just like, yeah, you know, we believe me, we'll get it done eventually. And so we did a couple. Uh, I, I want to say like around baseball season, maybe we did a couple leading up to it about May, maybe June. And then around June, I think is when John said, you know, hey, I really love what we're doing. Uh, we're going to go to this, you know, to a, you know, to a network and we're going to have this guy named Isaiah join us on this program. We need a name for for it. So, you know, I didn't know as Isaiah, you know, Isaiah alluded to, I didn't really know Isaiah that well. And, uh, but when we did the first three episodes, I think on our old platform, we immediately, I was struck because not often can you get a group of individuals like, you know, those three guys into a podcast and hope it works, you know, because I think a lot of times we maybe see like in, you know, in sports mainly, I, I say it a lot about, you know, teams who build quote unquote super teams who they, you know, add star players and it probably doesn't work right away. But I could see though that, you know, that obviously with my experience, I wouldn't say my time, but my experience more so of handling uh, podcast, handling, you know, my actual line of works or uh, lines of work, I should say, is what kind of struck me about, you know, how Matt this was, and even Isaiah, despite his, you know, utter ludicrous thoughts about certain subjects, though, but that there was chemistry that you probably don't find right away when you get three random strangers together to start doing this sort of stuff. And then Isaiah has the, you know, I think probably the the biggest blessing in disguise was, you know, hey, me and my friend Steven had this thing called the MI6 Sports Network. Would you like to join? You know, let's take our program there. And same exact way, though, is when you come to this network is it's not about the revenue. It's not about the viewership. It's not about any of the numbers or accolades. It's just a group of guys on this program tonight. And as we have seen, though, for over a year, it could be two guys, one guy, three guys. It could be five guys. It could be the whole crew. But it's more of the love and passion that we all have in a way for all sports or sports in general. And again, it's just guys trying to, you know, pass the time uh, and, and basically enjoy themselves and to make those connections and make those friendships and have the banter off the air and share common interest, as John's name alludes to, which I'll eventually talk about soon. But that, mm. you know, that, that was that was one of the, the best parts, though, about first coming here. And then Isaiah reaches out. Stephen reaches out, though, as well. Of you know, hey, would you know we we'd love to kind of have you do some more stuff. So I end up helping with no BS, and 
I mean, I don't want to make this self-centered, but then I think, though, that as Stephen kind of let me throw some ideas, and I think that's the other big thing, though, guys, that I'll, and I'll, and I'll, that I'll say. I think I'm also kind of glad that I'm last because I can go on longer about these certain topics and not have to kind of watch my time, is that um, whenever there's ideas, minus Isaiah and his cooking show, <laughs> we all have valid input about certain things you know whether it's me saying hey trevor we're gonna do a six hour special new year's eve literally two minutes after you said i hope we you know we have a resolution to not have more than two hour programs and i come along with a six hour new year's eve extravaganza or you know hey let's walk what was that i was just saying thank you trevor because the last 20 minutes of that we were talking about spongebob characters and all that and <laughs> it was fun though but man oh man we could have gone for hours it was it was brutal so, you know, we have the six-hour special where we have, hey, let's watch the NBA draft together, live stream the first round, and let's react. I went back and re-listened to that before I went to work today of just listening to me say, another guard, and jump on my bed behind me when Malachi Flynn was drafted from San Diego State to the Raptors, and we had like a streak of 17 straight guards drafted in round number one. You know, Isaiah, the famed storming off the set because of James Wiseman being drafted by Goldman State. Sadly, my man Ryan Schreiner being grilled by Isaac Okoro being drafted by the uh, Cavaliers and him falling out of his chair. You know, I mean, just, you know, that's one thing. You know, those shows are one thing. But then we had the Christmas special. You know, obviously, New Year's Extravaganza is going to live on in infamy for it being a six-hour crapshoot of, like, let's just try it. You know, let's let all the guys back east do it first and we'll let you know the late night guys on the west coast try and do it and i think that probably that was one of the more i think you know i think i take a lot of pride in some of those programs i'm not going to take all the, you know like all the pride but i mean you know the night shift obviously is my you know very young child still on this network because i thought you know hey isaiah's drinking coffee at 12 a.m i'm usually up doing stuff for work at 12 a.m Let's give it a shot. Let's see what kind of an audience we could get, though, at 10 o'clock Pacific time. And that program, I think, is probably third or fourth on the depth chart for views right now. Then, of course, WST, uh, you know, has been kind of carrying that piano for a bit, though. But as I will, but as I have said, though, guys, so many times, though, you know, we can forget the the numbers, forget all the accolades and all the, you know, anchor listens and the, you know, the the fictional championship banners that are on a Google slide document for me to screenshot and send you guys when we reach those, those, those banners and those milestones though. But the thing though, that I have probably missed the most out of being here uh, with this, uh, you know, with me being gone since January uh, has been the viewers, you know, the viewers still uh to me, I think is what makes this network great, you know, and I, I think we, I think that we make it good, but they make it that much greater and better, you know, and I think that that's the thing that I have sorely missed out a lot on is minus Isaiah running us into the ground over the past, you know, couple of months, but that the viewers still care, you know, and I think that Isaiah and I and John, that we've said this so many times though, off air, pre-show, post-show, is it doesn't matter who's on the panel, doesn't matter what time of day, doesn't matter what we're talking about, doesn't matter, you know, none of it matters to the viewers out there. And like I said, though, I think when we hit 3,000 listens is, you know, um, when we hit 3,000, I remember saying that, you know, these people that are watching, you know, I'm just taking a quick glance here, 
uh, Christy, Edward, James, Casey, you know, the, the usual suspects. And we get, you know, some of those newbies. Is they're out here taking, you know, minutes out of their day, hours out of their day, or they're here for an entire show just to let their voices be heard. Because as I have said, though, guys, probably not on here, though, but I, for, a, for the longest time, have said this, is you may send a tweet into ESPN or Fox or soon-to-be Bally Sports. You're not going to get that thing read on the air. And that's probably the one thing that I've done my best in my time with my with my solo podcast, uh, with my previous endeavors, with my women's basketball podcast, and even on here, is the is yes, the fans are the true MVPs, but also that their input, their input on this sort of stuff, you know, their input, their thoughts, you know, if they agree with us or they disagree with us, that matters more to me than what we say on air because we can, you know, we can sound blasphemous, we can sound like we're talking on both sides of our mouth, like Isaiah does on a consistent nightly basis. But. but at the same time, though, that 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 the viewer engagement weighs a lot more than what I may say about a certain subject or what Isaiah says about Michigan or what Trevor thinks about Ohio State or what John says about the Broncos. That fan engagement is what I think drives this network. More than what I say, more than what square one says, square two, square three, square four, square five. That more so is what I think and what I have sorely missed, though, about being away from you guys for as long as I have. And again, hopefully it's not too, too much longer with me being away to uh, being back with you guys, hopefully sooner than later. But, you know, for, for a whole year, though, I mean, uh, in, in a time, though, guys, where I've said, though, during probably the, you know, the one year probably that you're probably never going to see probably ever again in your lifetime and Without some, you know, and I, I think about this a lot, though. This may sound very, you know, ludicrous, but, you know, here, guys, you know, some famed, you know, uh, you know, some very famed person I admire a lot. Mr. Walter Elias Disney once said that Disneyland all started with a mouse. This network all started with a stop at a Costco gas station. And here we are now, guys. And, and in regards to, you know, anchor listens, Facebook engagements, you know, all the loony programs we've done from, you know, six hour marathons of New Year's Eve, NBA draft shows or draft shows in general, fantasy sports drafts that people have tuned into even for though. I mean, even for a fantasy sports draft, people tune in and just like they're watching the regular NBA or NFL draft, they're still giving us their critiques and their thoughts about that. But I mean, I, I do want to kind of pass along a few shout outs. And again, I think I did this though as well, more so on my, you know, on the thank you Cowan special back in January. But Isaiah, you know, despite about what all we say about you and how we make you our punching bag, either on the on air or off air. I hope you folks know, though, that it's all in good fun. We're not actually doing it just to needle him or piss him off. But, you know, I say I, mm -hmm. I do have to thank you, though, man. And I, you know, can't thank you enough for being able to take, you know, like you said, though, man, you know, and you don't. And obviously, we haven't heard a lot of really great or motivational things that you've said, though, in your time. But I remember, though, very well that you said, though, to not be afraid to take that leap, you know, and to, to take that leap of faith and kind of take that chance. And like you said, though, you know, you didn't know me very well. You didn't know John Mathis very well. You had him on one of your, on one of the programs, though. But you still kind of took that leap, though, and instant chemistry. And, man, you know, I, I think that you have something to be very proud of, though, about what you have kind of, for one, laid the foundation for with you and Steven and Trevor. And I, I have to thank you for that and for allowing us to bring Wild Sports Talk over here and for what we've been able to accomplish 
so far over the full, you know, the full year. And again, I know that it was probably rough, I think. And I've said this a lot, though, Isaiah, about, you know, even me when I was starting out my women's basketball podcast, you know, because, you know, I, I'm not immune to it with me working in women's basketball, supporting women's basketball, announcing women's basketball, going to games as a, as a fan as, or as a spectator. And, I, and, you know, I'm not immune to, you know, the get back in the kitchen jokes or all the nonsense that these athletes go through, though. But I've been there, though, about, you know, is anyone going to watch, you know, do I need to really, should I really put this content out there? Just have people rip me to shreds though and stuff like that. And I think though that comes with the territory though. And I, and I think that I, I, I think more about, you know, I compare those two because similar situation, Isaiah, you know, is, are people going to watch, you know, is it going to be good enough? You know, I sound like crap, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to put it up though. But again, that leap of faith though, as you've alluded to several times though, is basically, what I'd say about it in, in, in regards to kind of still drawing that parallel or still going for and kind of pushing forward. So I have to really, again, thank you for allowing me and, and also uh, for allowing John and myself to bring our program over here and for also uh, have to thank you for kind of in a way laying that foundation. I do want to give Stephen Wang proper uh, credit here though, as well is uh, you know, I, I need to, uh, also, thanks, Stephen, as well, because Stephen has kind of let me, while he's been obviously busy with work and uh, personal life and stuff like that, to kind of let me kind of take over that executive hat or that like main executive of the network to, you know, the graphics and, you know, the program schedules and things like that. And I really want to thank Steve for letting me kind of take that load off him because, you know, much like I said about Isaiah, but Stephen, if you're listening, man, but I, same way, man, when you're out there trying to schedule programs, line up guests, Cup, you know, do your content. It's demanding. I mean, my my time doing my women's basketball podcast was so stressful, much like how it was for you guys probably starting out, starting up shop here on this. You know, trying to get guests, con uh, the content and stuff of that caliber. It's rough, man. And I really thank Stephen a lot. Excuse me for letting me kind of in a way take that load off them and also kind of having a bit more pull to, you know, add some new programs, shuffle some things up and uh, stuff of that magnitude and stuff of that caliber uh, here tonight. And also, uh, Trevor, I want to thank you as well, man, for uh, being, uh, you know, one of my, uh, you know, obviously, you know, great friends, close friends now with uh, me being here on the six and also uh, thanking you for your hard work on no BS and, Eventually, man, that that friendly robbery is gonna have to come around eventually. The so, chicken okay. bucket, it <laughs> is coming. I don't know. I still don't know if it's gonna be Chick Fil A, Raisin Canes, or Popeyes. It may be Popeyes because I've been very or or maybe my six Super Bowl trophy. I mean, who knows? I, who knows? We're working on that. But Trev, you know, obviously, uh, you know, stuff of that caliber. And and I'm very sad, man, to tell you this, but your Secret Santa gift got lost in the mail. So I'm gonna do my best to. Hopefully get you know get something to help you out, man. Because I I don't know what happened, but we know. Can, can you tell me what it is? I've I've been left in suspense for like three months. It feels like it is a T-shirt for NASA because I know you're a big fan of space. So I saw it. At, I I'm go. I saw it at Target. I'm like Trevor's gonna like this. So I know I I feel so bad, man. That I'm I'm like the only guy whose gift never got there because of the whole thing with COVID during the holiday season, but uh, that'll be for your birthday. Whenever your birthday is, I right. <laughs> promise you, uh, promise you that, uh, Sammy, I I'm sorry, man. I haven't had a chance to work with you yet, but, uh, when in fact we, I, I come back, it'll be nice to be able to hang out with you and obviously, uh, pick your brain and stuff like that at this rate. And again, I, I thank you as well a lot. I thank all you guys actually for 
stepping into a very big situation because a lot like in team sports guys when the main star and again I'm not saying this at all but compare me to the main star here believe me but it's a fair compare it's a comparison not fair it's it's not a comparison about this being about me it's more about the fact of you know hey the main guy is gone and like a team sees that like we got to step our game up and be better and stuff of that caliber so Sam I thank you a lot man for uh helping out and for uh, stepping into a kind of a uh, a very interesting situation because, you know, this guy's been here for a long time and he's being pulled back into work and, you know, he's got no time, basically. So I thank you for doing that and for uh, filling, you know, a, a pretty major void, though, as we've kind of had some bit of a reshuffling right now with uh, with that program. So I thank Sam a lot for being there. And of course, Mr. Alcorn, I've said it a, a you know a, a gazillion times, man. But again, I, I don't know if I've seen someone out there who is a uh, you know, have that passion and the drive and the, you know, just just has like the, the you know, who's motivated every day to get better and to also try to make it <clears throat> in the industry. And again, I applaud you, man, so much for sticking with it. And I know, man, I that you, that you text me daily before I go to work or if I'm waking up and even if I'm having a bad day, which is, you know, kind of a bit uh, rare, though, but kind of getting a text from you though about, you know, Hey, I got this guest coming on like that kind of fires me up. Like I love seeing that. And, and I will say, though, as well, is 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 I don't this may kind of make me feel old. And again, I'm probably like the oldest guy on this panel right now, maybe minus Sam. Yep. But but if I have perhaps, though, guys, been like a I, I'm not going to say the I word, but if I've been like maybe a good mentor to you guys or if I or if I've been like a very good influence on you guys trying to keep this network going and also kind of following maybe that path to go towards that goal of getting into the industry. I hope I've done, you know, my best to do that with you guys because uh, that's all something that I've thought of a lot while I've been gone is, you know, I, I know it's, I know it wasn't a foregone conclusion. It's not a foregone con conclusion to me leaving MI6, but like when I first left and like that first week, like, man, I hope that nothing goes wrong with these guys and they don't like stop because I'm not there to help them out. But I, I hope, though, and I thought about that very hard, though, gents, over the past two months of me being away is, you know, is is if I've come here and I've hopefully have perhaps done even a small part to kind of keep you guys motivated about whether it's sports, maybe it's not even maybe Trevor, in your case, maybe it's with other things involving school, maybe if I've, you know, maybe have done something in a very small role, very microscopic, green of salt, green of sand type of uh you know, maybe, you know, if, if I've done my best and I hope that I've done my best to you guys and to you viewers out there that in my, the time I've been obviously away that I've, I've thought it long and hard about that, that uh, mainly more so for, for, for you guys out there that are on this panel or you folks watching is that is, again, I, I don't, I, I hate to sound like this is self-centered again. I, I, I have had a couple of drinks tonight, so I sincerely apologize but especially I think hearing more like Isaiah and seeing his reaction tonight of, you know, being lost for four years and not knowing what to do with yourself and, you know, maybe the doubts about, I want to do this, I want to do that. And starting this thing up from, from square one and then to kind of hear Isaiah go further in depth though about, you know, thanking everybody and stuff like that. And, you know, guys, I, I get a lot of emails and phone calls from my, uh, the broadcasting school I went I went went to to get my degree, uh, 
five years ago and I still get like emails from prospective students or I get phone calls every so often and I try my best to motivate them to like, you know, not get flustered and stuff. And like I said, all that, you know, gibberish and garbage on the uh, New Year's Eve special or maybe even on my final program before my hiatus came. But I hope, though, that for you guys on the panel more so and maybe you viewers out there who are watching this program and seeing this guy ramble incoherently about, you know, many different uh, avenues, though, but more so trying to be serious for this topic, though, is, you know, more so I, I think about Isaiah and I think about John uh, mainly on this panel, not to single out Sam and Trevor, though. But if I have hopefully done my best to maybe inspire you guys, motivate you guys to not give up on what you set out to do. And I hope I've done a maybe subpar, you know, maybe above 500 win, uh, winning percentage job of doing that. Then that makes me feel very good. And that makes me feel inspired to, you know, still do obviously still what I do, but also makes me feel like though that I have purpose when in fact I talk to prospective students or talk more to people who are trying to get into the industry and stuff like that. So I, again, I, I sincerely thank all of you guys on the uh, panel. I also want to thank uh, Shri and uh, Martin and Ryan, of course, Ryan, us little guys, Cleveland and San Diego. Good times are coming very soon for us, very soon, my man. Uh, I do though want to thank John Mappis though too for again uh, setting us up for success and for him though. And I hope, even though that, you know, and and, and hopefully I've, I've done the same with, uh, with John though, because I know of course that, you know, John wanted to, you know, Mavis wanted to give up too and stuff like that. But like I said, though, is that I hope, though, that in all seriousness, though, that even though that maybe it's been weird not having me around, though, and I know that there was some doubt in Isaiah's mind, you know, oh, you know, I'm, Cowan's not here. You know, I don't know if we can keep this going. Is I really hope, though, that there's been something out there that I have maybe have been able to do for you all in a small way. You know, and again, it may not be a very big role. Again, John, I know that you're above me in square three. I know very well, man, that, you know, you text me every day, which, you know, it's more about, you know, getting guests and stuff like that and and whatnot. But again, I, I see that I, I see that that energy. I, I see that the, the passion, the drive and the motivating the motivation to continue to grow and be, you know, better every day. And, you know, a, a friend of mine, Jackie Girardin, who played over at Point Loma Nazarene for soccer, her family had a slogan that said, dominate the day. And that's what I basically feel like we, you know, all should do as the days do in fact prolong and things of that nature. But again, uh, Isaiah, thank you, man, so much for setting us up for success. Trevor, we're going to get that rivalry trophy eventually. And eventually that NASA shirt will be sent your way. Uh, Alcorn, you know, I, I, we're still teasing a bit though, man. We're going to keep that tease going right now. Great I, power I, comes I, great. It's coming. It, it, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, Sam again, man, I, I, I can't, I, I cannot wait though, man, to, to be able to finally actually have you a Bart or have you a part though, uh, of the uh, Monday and Wednesday program and actually be able to pick your brain finally. When in fact, I'm, uh, able to get, uh, to come back to you guys. And of course, uh, shareable Steve just popped in, but Steve, again, I sincerely, bud. Thank you so much for letting me, uh, for letting us bring our program over to MI6 and uh, for giving us a platform to, again, keep all of us sane. But more so, I think, Steve, I, I want to thank you more so for letting me take a major burden off your shoulders because I, you know, I, I've been talking for, I think, the past half an hour, it feels like. But 
uh, Steve, you know, I, I said, though, man, that basically, you know, I know that you were in a very interesting spot, again, with, you know, your work schedule, personal life and stuff like that. And I, I've been very fortunate and blessed to have been able to come here and help you out and take that piano off your back in regards to, you know, again, scheduling shows and, uh, you know, all the other wacky ideas I've had from, you know, the fantasy sports drafts and the hot takes bracket challenges and the six hour extravaganza on New Year's Eve and uh, stuff like that. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, give up my, the remaining time that I have here to uh, let someone else have the floor here. But again, thank you guys so, so much. I appreciate it. Sincerely. Yeah, of course, Callan, my thank man, you so Isaiah. much for your kind words and for contributing so much to this network. I feel like there's so many fans out here. There's so many people within the network who have just tuned into this show exponentially more because of your presence. Like we got Christy Wilson, Tyler Work, James Gonzalez, Casey King, Angel, and many more who came on to MI6 and to support this network because of you. And a lot of this would not have happened because of you, Callan. But, um, you know, like when you left for MI6, there was not even like a feeling of disappointment for me and not even like a feeling of like sore because I just knew that um, for the time being, you were heading to better places and you were um, going over to do what you love to do, which is PA announcing and getting paid. For what you love to do man and you know as jonathan one of our former members always said i think that's everybody's dream to get paid for what you love to do so while it was tough to not have you for all these um these past couple of months and to not have you officially back on board until may although i know you're going to be bringing um the fire with the marvel show and talking about the new captain america television show with that one dude 2020 to the right upper right hand corner but you know even though we've missed your presence and missed like everything that you bring to this network, um, I'm truly like uh, blessed to hear about all the great things that are going on in your personal life, to be able to go back to your PA announcing roles and to be able to make a steady income out of what you love to do, which is to talk sports and to contribute to this sports watching environment uh, in the U.S. It's, it's certainly um, a pleasure to see you um, succeeding out there again and, doing what you love to do, man. And uh, I know, like I've said this many times, I know everybody calls me the founder and the CEO of the sports network here, but I feel like, um, Callan, you very much are the CEO of this network, man, and you very much are one of our founders. Uh, and if not, um, at least a co-CEO, man. But of course, Isaiah, be very quick on kind of your thoughts on crime behind camera so I can get to my part of the segment before we hit 10 hours in just a little bit. Let me just yeah. say this. Uh, I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to cry on the air this time. Um, are, you but, sure? are, you, are you sure? Are you um, sure? I'm sure. Iena? Uh, but I just want to say, I can't believe I forgot this when I was doing my, you know, teary-eyed tribute that I did. But um, I just want to thank the fans for, like Callan said, just consistently showing up each and every night, no matter what topic we're talking about, no matter who's on the panel, no matter what show it is, uh, no matter what you know stuff is coming out of my mouth regarding Drew Locke, Keaton Slovis, Nick Mullins, Michigan, you name it. But yeah, Black Friday on LinkedIn. But you know the fans, every single program they tune in. You know, I want to thank Angel, Casey, uh, Christy Wilson. 
um, as, well as, as well as Edward, James Gonzalez, uh, there's Tyler Work as well. There's just a lot of people to thank for, you know, always tuning in. Chardot as well for continuously tuning in. And, you know, what's really funny about, or what's really cool about this is that, you know, when there's not a show, they would hit me up on, you know, Messenger and just be like, hey, is there a show tonight? Are you guys going to be doing a surprise show tonight? That just shows you how loyal and how committed they are to this network. And it's just so awesome to see, man. And don't worry, guys. We, I'm promising you right now that we're going to get more big time guests uh, on more programs that we have on the network. We got some stuff lined up can't reveal it tonight but it'll be coming shortly so i just wanted to give that shout out isaiah i uh realize thank you i uh thanks for that sound effect isaiah but i realized i didn't give my thoughts on all of the other um great hosts on the mi6 uh since callan was last to give his thoughts i really wanted to you know just tell callan how much i appreciate him and appreciate him being able to live out his dream but I would like to um, really thank all of our fans for tuning in consistently, even um, after Callan and I have taken our hiatuses from time and time again, and Ryan Schreiner as well. We've dealt with a lot of people coming in and out of the network, but you know, what makes it so special is that no matter what, no matter like what the occasion, no matter who's available or who isn't um, due to like different circumstances, the fans, the loyal fans are always tuning in no matter what. And we always have a show running no matter what. And a lot of it is because of this guy right here in the top left and also Trevor in the middle over there. You guys have kept MI6 afloat. You've kept so many shows running and running. And um, especially you, Isaiah, like even when we agreed on times and like we agreed that we'd have blockout times where we wouldn't do shows. Like maybe we're not doing shows this week because mm -hmm. it's the time between Christmas and New Year's. Or maybe we're only going to do two shows this week because, you know, um, I'm dealing with some exams and Callan's dealing with this and Trevor's dealing with final exams. You always find a way to surprise the loyal fans and surprise MI6 with more shows. Sometimes... How about new? Sometimes it can be a bit much because we even start to run out of things to really talk about, but it's appreciated that your your enthusiasm is there, and it's great to know that your heart is in the right place, which is to keep this family together and to keep all the fans engaged and having something for them to consume on a weekly basis, on a nightly basis sometimes. So your 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 110% Russell Westbrook energy and effort man is just so appreciated and like Trevor like I I know man like you're the six man Williams but you're very much a starter for this network man like you started off as a six man but you've progressed a lot with the network man and it's just fantastic to see like what no bs has turned into like a top show a staple show of the MI6 and everything and you know, I know it's a lot of work to keep Isaiah in check and everything as Callan's mouthing off about it, you know. Believe me, it's super stressful. It's worse than playoff hockey overtime. I, I, I don't to work with a been, bunch of screaming kids. Yes, I don't think there's been anyone in this network who has been able to put up with Isaiah as well as Trevor and to really maintain his composure and everything. So, um, 
definitely want to thank you, Trevor, for for always, you know, giving your energy and your effort to not only containing Isaiah, but all these shows. Um, John Alcorn, that one, dude, 2020. I I know it's now 2021, but you got your roots started in 2020, man. I see great things ahead Uh, (laughs) as you guys are pointing to each other, you know. I'm trying to do the finger, but it goes the other way. Camera, I I didn't study this in school. Yeah, but like, um, I want to thank you. Like, you you had your um, short time with the MI6 and everything, and now you're focusing more on your podcast as well. But I think you um, you absolutely have a lot of what it takes to succeed in this industry, man. You're incredibly patient. You're compassionate. Like, even though like, you know, you're not like a um, permanent and weekly member of the mi6 and everything you kind of pop in as you need you very much feel like you're part of our family you offer great advice for us and everything great guidance for us for um you know our show show plans and schedules and you always find a way to show up and um contribute more to our viewership and contribute more to our content so um knowing that like you're you're running your own network and yet you're willing to put in so much work to help out MI6. That's how I know your heart's in the right place and that you have the drive to succeed in this industry, man. And also, Sammy, man, you've, uh, you're, you're very, um, still a newcomer to MI6 and everything, but, um, we got to have someone to really keep it real, man. Like you are as much of a day one and you are as much of the antithesis, like the exact opposite of a fair weather college football and NFL fan as you can get. Like, you know all the facts, man. You've lived through all of the Ohio State um, trials, tribulations, disappointments, and triumphs, the Jim Tressel years, the Urban Meyer years, the Ryan Day years. You lived through all of the um, good and bad years of the Browns and the Steelers and the whole AFC North division. The, the amount of knowledge you bring to football, man, and sports, it's incredible. Like, I, I feel like sometimes, like, I don't even need Wikipedia. I could just go and flame Sammy about some sports thing, and then he'll respond with a bunch of historical facts about, like, like how Andy Reid got started, like his career and everything, and, like, like his struggles and what what's kind of gone through um, gone through throughout his career and everything. So you just have all the facts, man. You bring all the facts to the table. You bring all the history. It's amazing. And then I can't forget about Mar- Martin here. I love MI6. Mr. I love MI6. He started our website. He got us started on Wix and everything. He came up with that great idea. He's very much like, um, you know, even though he doesn't show up on uh, our shows consistently and everything because, uh, you know, he's uh, going into real estate and everything, he helped design our website. He's always running ideas by us and helping us plan the long-term trajectory of mi6 so definitely love to have like someone who who's always out there to support us always there to um offer us advice and guidance and to contribute to our content generation even if it's behind the scenes i want to thank shri i want to thank ryan i want to thank the whole mi6 team man and i'm hoping to have ryan back soon too like i've definitely missed having ryan and callan um on MI6 to debate with Isaiah and everything. We need as many heads as possible to, you know, cool this guy down. You know what they say? It takes a village to raise a baby, but it also takes a village to tame Isaiah. So <laughs> to raise is- Isaiah. 
that is where I'm going to leave off. And I'm going to pass the torch over to Isaiah or whoever else wants to speak about this fantastic MI6 network. Go ahead, John. Folks, I'll be honest. And a lot of people don't really know because uh, y'all don't know me that well. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I used to work with kids. I used to want to pursue a career. I know here, folks, we just started to, uh, I love your thing, my man, but, um, for a while there, for a couple of years, and I, and this is not disrespect, this is odd, like, for all the people that gave me an employment, I wanted to open up my own daycare, this is not, like, oh, shame on me, this is just showing where, how we got to there, to now, and it was to the point where I, I did not enjoy childcare anymore, I didn't, I like I love sports. First game was the 2006 Rose Bowl. My let me stay up on a school night because as a young young kid, Trevor, anybody else that used to play the old man's or NCAA games, staying up past seven thirty eight o'clock as a young young kid is like staying up to like six o'clock in the morning as a grown man. I mean, there's just nothing without a doubt like like it, and just show that football is more than just a game. Like I say, football is like a brotherhood, and like I say, no money, women, women shaking their butt. None of that compares to kind of what we have right here. I know we can talk. Oh, we talk. We're saying this on the air and then off air. It's like one of the Nickelodeon shows, and oh my gosh, what it did Dan Snyder get somebody? You know what? Uh, but it this what it is on air, folks, is what it is off air. And for a while, I went, went up on daycare, like I was telling, kind of like I had a Pinterest page. I got ideas, blah, 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 but wasn't wanting to put in the work. Wasn't really, kind of like you talk about sports, like a very passionate about it. Like literally, I just like, oh, I got work. Um, I had work to go after. Eh, I don't want to work on it. It's not really worth it. I always had, I said back, I think I have a photo here, and I relate this to, like I told Gillespie earlier, it's just not about me, 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 or us, us, us. It's we hope that it inspires people because the fact is at the end of the day, some people in the sports industry don't make it because it's about the money, the fame, the women doing you know what at the club, and who honestly cares about that at one point. I'll show you if I can find it. But I hope this is not about me, but I hope this really does inspire people. Like literally – this right here, folks, was literally imagine recording in your hot car, like 10 to 12 papers, trying to get the right piece of tape aligned with the other piece of paper right there so that it doesn't fall apart on the live video. Had to record the Facebook live version first, the YouTube, Instagram, podcasts, and maybe a few short clips of it on TikTok. It was exhausting. It was annoying. It was very frustrating. Chris, just thanks for the progress, man. James, it's we when we say we love what we do, we really do of course the comment I, I know i said about shardo but that that comment is and it's just like it's unreal because it's like this on and off here and i wouldn't be up at 1 30 in the morning for literally just anybody but kind of going back like i say this is that it's not about me i'm not talking about oh look what john did who cares it's really about inspiring people because a lot of people either do it for the fame money or the zeros in your bank account and like i told uh same earlier None of this, I'm not going to cuss, but this, none of this garbage really matters. And so I'm trying to figure out what I really wanted to do for a career as a joke. I kind of, if I can find the photo here on the StreamYard page, it was, I made a joke to my dad in elementary. Like, <laughs> It'd be cool if I had a radio on my own podcast show one day. 
it's probably not going to happen. I'm probably not going to talk sports. Henceforth, 11 and a half to 12 years later, folks, we're right there, February 15th, 2012. Before I do anybody here, one Facebook post to a group led to this over a year later. I can, I'm, I'm in the same area right here. I can kind of really show y'all to kind of show that no matter what, again, it's not the most decorative. So mind you, I don't care, but it is right there. That's where we used to record. We had the desk right there, had the computer. We had another computer right there and according to three to four in the morning and beyond and according to like two to three podcasts a day, a 40 minutes long. And I hope this is not me trying to say, Oh, I'm just talking about me. I mean, think about it. Like, look, that I is probably about five to ten pieces of tape. And again, this is not me trying to brag. I I don't know. People some people have a different story where they started. Oh, they started, got lucky, like some people do, and that story doesn't have it often. We don't have like a post alone type of story in the sports media industry. You have to work your ass off for it. You have to work on it. doesn't matter what anybody else is. You literally have to get used to saying no. Like I told a lot of people here, rejections for guests, probably around three to three fifty, kind of DMs, emails, text messages. And out of the, those, like I told Gillespie, we had five to ten of them that responded. But out of those five to ten that responded after three hundred were the best interviews that I've ever had. So we got a lot of big ones and potential ones coming up, like I was telling Callan. So stay tuned. You never know who can become on the show. And then I was decided twenty fifteen, I was like, okay. We'll say sports. No, I'll just pursue working with kids. <clears throat> yeah, I know that's hard to imagine because y'all haven't known me that long. But yeah, I did that for a while. I was like, you know what? July of last year, I was like, screw it. I don't like it. I, I, I just don't. So we continue working in the sports stuff right here. And we go and start a sports show last year, February. And the thing is for me and or anybody else that's done this, like you've done this for about a year on the MI6 Sports Network, is you never forget the beginnings. Like I know we had recording right here at 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning. Who knew from that there what it would be now? I don't regret what I did before, but I also don't want to start what I did before. Recording in the car with a bunch of pieces of tape, nobody watching, the audio was garbage. I had to turn the AC up because it's so flipping hot up there right before Right when COVID started, so congrats, we both did. We both started the podcast in the car, but there's something about sports. I think people don't, unless you're really an avid sports fan, you don't get like folks. I know I'm not the best on winning brackets here for MI6, but we had a moment uh, back in October, November. Any the Andy Dalton situation. We're not going to hash that out. My par- both my parents were asleep. All the doors were closed. Lights are off, and I was screaming so loud because I was passionate and frustrated. I woke my mom up. She came in the middle of the night and told me to, to basically keep it down. And really talking about football, the reason why I pick football, I know you all have our sports, we expand our horizons, is that what I see about football, and I try to relate it to like the faith or the sports network here, is that Football, and maybe this is me because I'm biased about football, is that it teaches more lessons about life than I think other sports does to a certain extent because you can only play one position on the field. You can go back to the Cardinals and the Bills game last year. You can go back to the Broncos game with Kyle Orton and, of course, uh, Brandon Stokely, that game, the year before they drafted Tim Tebow. And 
you know, of course of another player that um, was drafted by the you-know-what team and, of course, had some issues there. And we know the end result of that situation. But football, for me, is more than just a game. It just shows that. Like, a lot of conversations with random flipping people, either at work or somewhere else, I've been able to develop friendships because of the word football. Just a freaking game that people watch on Sunday. You say, oh, you a blank fan? Oh, well, your team sucks. And then we start talking garbage. And then I remember sending a message um, about February. I was like, people were like, oh, we want to be part of a sports group. Yeah, we did that. I did that with a, another network that we would not mention. But it was a lot of fun talking football. I can I know Isaiah says his hot takes. Most of them aren't hot. They're just a big steaming bowl of baby diarrhea here. But Really, the reason I'm so passionate about football is I never forget the first game. Trevor can know his ever sports game he's ever watched. Sammy, I know Isaiah can, of course, count games. He's had he's been in the industry for a while and watched sports for a long time. Is that first game of whatever sport it was? I don't know what it was for Callan or Isaiah or Sammy or Trevor, but that 2006 Rose Bowl from that moment forward, when my at the time my mom knew more about football than I did. I knew there was they had teams. And you could throw a football. That one was like, okay. I love football. There's really nothing like it. 2006 Super Bowl happens. I pick Peyton Manning as my quarterback and finally said, hey, I want to be able to do sports broadcasting. And at first, I, I started technically July of 2019. I never released really any episodes. I think I showed a clip in the sports group. Um, it was dog poop. Like, I would pay anybody 100 bucks each to Isaiah, to Trevor, to Callan, to myself and Sammy, to not listen to the hot steaming pile of baby diarrhea because it was so bad. The music was too loud or I was talking too low And a year ago. The biggest thing is it's not – I think the biggest lesson before is before, oh, get used to saying no or get used to hearing no and getting rejected is how to effectively communicate your point and not just talking about the stats and how to not talk too fast. If you look at my early stuff, it was – talking like a freaking score from Alvin and the Chipmunks. I could not get my point across. But learning how to effectively communicate and the people that I've had the the pleasure to meet, like I said, Carson, like I said, you're going to each anybody that works in the industry is going to have that one interview that either makes your childhood or something that you really want to talk to. Unless you get blocked by them on LinkedIn. But getting to talk to Carson Palmer, though, was really cool because, and I, and I'm not saying this is about me. I really to inspire people, but I know we talk about inspire, but we also got to be realistic here, folks. There is many on late nights. I work full time, forty hours a week, and do what I talked about with y'all at work and the work, but almost full time doing this. Getting guests, we're so booked that literally here, that one do 2020 back here on the my six is it's on. We got on April third. We got nine a.m. twelve thirty. 3.30. I mean, back to back to back or backed up to the early May. And then in June, we got potentially one or two guests. And then July is training camp. Then August is preseason. Then September, and we're back, and we got football. Having you to know, like, Carson Palmer and Rob, I can practically list every guest that I've had. It's been really cool. And if I ever forget your name, that doesn't mean, like, a big screw. It's There's been too many to count, and that's not saying, oh, you're boasting. No, I don't care about like how many gifts to have. I care about how many, like I said, friendships matter more to me. And I know that, oh, that sounds cliche. That sounds like that you're uh, 
talking like a Hallmark movie, even though I've only watched a Hallmark movie once a year. That's on my mom's birthday. And after that, no, I'm not watching a Hallmark movie. Um, sports has meant a lot to me, like talking with y'all. I remember August of last year was fan response with, of course, Ryan, Steven himself, the producer, myself, and I believe it was also Isaiah, but I'm not too sure. That was August was fan response. So that's been about almost eight months, but going on there to about, I think it was early October, and I get involved in the group chat. I came on a guest one time with Callan and Isaiah, the guy that's I'm crying behind camera that gets a white coffee drink at McDonald's going for uh, the night shift. And I can see just what they both bring and kind of what we do. Like you said, post-show calls, like you can have the best party at it or party at like a strip club or a club. Who cares? Like there's just something about what we do after post-show calls, even though Isaiah, I think Superman's part of Marvel, but it is okay here. But just ask Justin, uh, Jack Snyder about the cut and just really seeing kind of what we talk about and how a lot of guests and people that we have. I say be patient, though, because there are some people like I was talking with Callan, like there's one that is going to be worth the wait potentially. So I just tell you all be patient. But I can also be honest. I keep saying, oh, inspire. But I'll also be honest with you all. There was a lot of guests I wanted to get. That did not happen. That said no. That did not respond. That is going to be a freaking reality if you're going to be in this industry. There's one I talked about in February. Callan knows who I'm talking about, a player in the NFL. They said or they didn't respond. It was so close to getting my one of my favorite or could have been biggest guest in my career. But they said no. They didn't respond. We can inspire, but I also want to be honest with people. If you're debating on if you want to do this, Put out the flipping podcast. And if you're discouraged, I see the first 100 listens. Think about y'all. I've only made like 33 bucks in a year. I think that's not very on here. Exactly. So it's not a lot, but it starts somewhere because you never know one podcast episode where that can lead to. And of course, mine that was, I told y'all the name of it. And that was really stupid to put because I never post any episodes really public. I can't believe it had that name. We won't say the name, but you know what I'm talking about. Complete brain fart there, Isaiah and Trevor know, I think. But it's been really cool to be a part of this, talk football, and to really see how far a lot of us have come. And I say myself, not to brag on myself, because I don't I do not do that. I'm not part of Hollywood. We don't brag on myself just to get views. So I don't give a flying fart about that. But to see how the communication skills the past year have changed not on how you communicate to requests to have guests on the show, but how to communicate in terms of shows. So if you go listen to the early stuff, I can send you all in the group chat. It was rough. It was like a mix of Isaiah and not in terms of his fiery hot, uh, hot pile of baby diarrhea. It was in terms of either talking too fast or getting kind of nervous. You really don't know. And, of course, Hell Hydra here, but it's been a lot of fun being here on MI6. I'm a traumatized child. I mean, I really am, Callan. But it's been a lot of fun here, and I definitely wouldn't trade it for practice. <laughs> and I hope people understand my last thought here. If you're going to be in it, you're going to potentially have bags under your eyes. You're going to have a lot of late nights. Your, your first... I just say, I would just give a hypothetical. Your first 100 guests are probably going to say no. No. They're either going to say, no, thank you, or some of the ones that we said in the past on the group chat. Like, That's exactly what they said. 
you're most they're gonna say no. So how you handle the rejections, just like just like Isaiah, except oh wait, he proposed to a teddy bear last March, is how will show you or anybody how you're gonna make it into the industry. Those lost train of thought here but um yeah i want to be honest folks the people the final thought no pun intended is that they're gonna, they're gonna pretend you have bags under your eyes they're gonna have so many late nights when you go into your actual full-time temporary job where you're gonna be exhausted there's been to the point where you have no energy left but if you can't stay up past one o'clock in the evening you're never gonna make it you can have your first hundred to two hundred the first before i came here Around 230 plus episodes in, in barely 10 months. That's not about me. It's putting in the flipping work. If you do it for views, for women in your DMs, you're in the wrong industry and have the wrong priorities, or you're just a 13-year-old with a lot of hormones here. But I really hope anybody that it does inspire that the reality is too many late nights, and I can't stress enough energy drinks like I've said, and everything else, but I hope it inspires people, but it's been a lot of fun with MS6, year four, like Isaiah said, or year 10, I'm not really too sure, but year one, Hell Hydra, let's do it. Excellent stuff, fellas. Oh, man, that was very, you know, teary. I was very emotional. Didn't expect that, but hey, uh, it was it was really good, but, you know. You want to do a Hallmark crying for you? <laughs> oh my god! Oh. You've totally gone off the rail here on the tribute, but uh, uh, just like your ID on the tracks. Oh wait, was that no comment? But before <laughs> you know, before we remember. get into final thoughts, I just wanna uh, pull out a video that one of our or a bunch of our guests had uh, took the opportunity to say some stuff about our network and congratulate us on our one year anniversary. Can we put that video up? Hey, what's up MI6 family? This is your buddy, Steven Gillespie, the director of operations at the off the ball network and also the host of the break in the game show which you can find on the nothing but net channel on dash radio i just wanted to congratulate you guys on your one year anniversary since the creation of mi6 you know i've been on your guys' show a couple of times need to do it again soon you guys are so great isaiah just the fact that you reached out to me in the way that you have and we've continued discussions offline throughout you know our friendship together and really have just appreciated the kindness that you guys have showed me on the show the professionalism 
and obviously that your your guys's knowledge of the game and in every sport right or it is just top notch you don't get this stuff really anywhere else and uh you know i'm just i'll forever be grateful for the fact that you guys sought me out to be on your show that you guys cared enough about my thoughts insights and opinions on different aspects of sports and again just the the level of professionalism the level of humility that you guys have it's it's hard to come by whenever you know so much about sports that you can also talk to someone like they're still a human being at the same time. And I've always appreciated that about you gentlemen. You guys are top shelf in my book. And I'm just so pleased to have been a part of your process, even in the early going. And just to see where you guys have come in in one year is just phenomenal. I, I know that there's going to be many more years to come, but one year, take say, take a moment and appreciate where you guys are now. Consider the fact that not everybody does what you guys have done for more than a month, let alone one year. So extremely proud of you, gentlemen. Extremely pow- proud to have been a part of the process. Hopefully, I can be on again sometime soon for the next two to 10 to 20 to maybe I'll be on your TV show you know, down the line. So again, congratulations, guys. It's well-deserved. Much love to you guys and, you know, congratulations again i'd like to wish congratulations to everyone at the mi6 sports network on a one-year anniversary so these guys are super awesome i had a chance to be on their show before and it was a great experience the production value was amazing our talk was fantastic so you guys congratulations on that one-year anniversary one of the things that you probably learned when you stepped into this sports endeavor that it takes a lot of hard work it takes tenacity, it takes perseverance, and it takes that drive to want to continue to strive to be successful. And you guys have everything that you need in order to be successful in this business. Make sure you keep working hard and never give up because you guys are clearly on your way. One year, it'll turn to five, it'll turn to 10, and so on and so forth until other opportunities come your way. And you guys, Thank you so much for doing what you do and congratulations. And let's get in another year. Hi everyone, it's Gabe Jackson. Um, I just want to take a moment to give a shout out to the MI6 Sports Network and shout out to Isaiah, Steven, Sammy, Cullen, and all of the other amazing co-hosts and typical guests they have. These guys are passionate. They know their stuff and they're so entertaining. Uh, if you haven't already, tune into the podcast. Hey, it's one year down, many more to go. What's up, everybody? How you doing? I just want to congratulate my guys, Isaiah and Steven, and everyone else at the MI6 Sports Network. One year anniversary, that is big time. I've been big fans of all of you since the very beginning. Isaiah and Steven, big time friends of mine, and everyone else as well. There's so many great people to name. Really, really, really proud of you guys. Keep pushing, keep grinding. I know that Isaiah said that, you know, buzzer beaters was really an inspiration to him. And uh, Steven said the same thing. And that means a lot. You know, Nolan and I from the jump had supporters and you two and everyone else on the MI6 Sports Network from the start has always been supporting. So big time fans of all of you. Congratulations one year. That's awesome. Keep killing it. Yo, what's up, MI6 Sports Network? It's your friend Gilbert Monsano from the Orange County Register. Uh, I hear it's your one-year anniversary, so congrats on the big achievement. And I want to say keep pushing forward because you guys are, you know, an exciting crew. 
and I miss being on the show. So hopefully have me back on soon because you guys are an exciting bunch. You guys are creative, fresh, so keep it going. Hopefully many years to come. Cheers. Salud. Avengers! Where did everybody go? Gone just like Isaiah's sports takes. Gone just like that? Been about, what, five years now, I think, my man? The blip and all that. I mean, man, screw Wanda. They vanished for how long? Been about five years, my man. I have no idea what happened. I have no idea. Either. John, what is going on? Showing the computer, my man. I have no idea. What's happening? Oh, that's right. Shareable Steve is letting us, John. Let's go. Host a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast to recap Falcon and the Winter Soldier and dive into all of our questions, comments, theories, reactions, everything MCU is coming to the MI6 Sports Network on Sunday. I'm hyped. Folks, it's 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 one of those I love Marvel. My first Marvel movie technically was the Hulk one when he introduced the Avengers. I was like, hmm, the Avengers. I wonder what that's going to be. And now we don't have the Hulk, but we have the Falcon and the That One Dude 2020. It's going to be awesome. That's all I can say for it, man. All I can quickly say, if I can find it here, is uh, we'll go back. But uh, this may come a surprise or shock to y'all, but it's definitely going to be, without a doubt, a podcast you're maybe not used to, but I promise y'all, just like you think we're passionate about sports, you think we're passionate about football, get ready for this, folks. Avengers! While the MI6 Mightiest Heroes come onto a podcast every single Sunday, all Easter eggs and everything like that, all the emotions, all the passionate question is with great responsibility. But the bigger question is, are you ready? We will find out Sunday. More details coming. But this is a tease, though, folks, for what is coming starting on Sunday to recap what was episode one of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we hope that you've seen it. If not, big time spoilers spoilers and Easter eggs are lying ahead. Folks, the trailer will be out very soon, but I promise y'all it's going to be worth it. It's going to be a lot of fun. You think we saw passion and energy before, but there's going to be a lot more emotion. And of course, like Callan said, Hell Hydra on his name for tonight. I never said that, by the way. Sir. Your name on there, bro. Sorry, it's it's yeah, uh, it, it it no. I, I I am blaming someone else. Not don't be pointing this way. I, I'm blaming other people that were a part me. of it. It was, <laughs> but, but, oh. it was me. Uh, <laughs> gee, I, I wonder why. What? I don't even know how to sign off anymore, John. I've been gone. I've been gone for that long. It has been a while, my man. But I think what we do, we go back. But folks, since I guess we technically did our final thoughts for I'm it, I'm guessing. I have no idea. Like I said, I've been, I've been, I've been away for for too long. Well, we're 
we're probably going to do is just do the outro for let's do an embarrassing Isaiah video to end tonight's program. Well, we'll see you tomorrow to discuss Falcon and Winter Soldier, folks. That's John Alcorn. My name is Cal McClurg. I think that's my name. I've been gone for so long. Till next time, folks. Uh, good night and bye bye. Here, when you told me that you know Dustin Poirier is a much better fighter than he was seven years ago, and that he was going to beat Conor McGregor, I should have listened to you. But you know what? You won fair and square. Now I got. Ah, uh, wait till everybody sees it. Do it. The whole thing. Chug, chug. Swallow, swallow. I freaking love it, bro. Swallow, man. You got to swallow. You can't spit it out, man.